Hello everybody, welcome back to the Fast Travel Lounge. My name is Patrick, you are listening to episode 16. I'm joined by Seth and Steve, no Josh again this week. Say hi everyone. Hey everyone. Hi everyone. Unfortunately, Josh is still not feeling quite right and is busy with some work stuff, so hopefully he'll be back next week. Uh, he, to be honest, probably listened to last episode and disagreed vehemently with how we thought the Kirby demo went. And I wouldn't be surprised, I would probably also take a week off from being upset at that. Anyway, good show. I was ready to give him the floor to just talk all the praise he wanted and not interrupt him this week. <laughs> I thought he was going to say that the Kobe game sucked. Is 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 this going to is this grace period going to extend to next week, Seth? Ah, uh, no, he only had one week grace. Yeah, li- limited time only. Yeah, fair enough. Had had to touch grace. Had to you know really be a part of it. <laughs> That um, was a good one. That thank was a you. Good thank one. you. Fair enough. If it makes um, you feel better, I was also thinking of the exact same phrase as <laughs> as you were about to say it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's hard it's hard not to in in times like these. But anyway, uh big show ahead. Any episode that has some monster hunter news will be a good episode, and we have some monster hunter news, so this will be a good episode. Uh first though, Seth, you promised us a phone update. What's the latest? Okay, so I rang them up on Monday uh, to get an update on where my phone is or what's going on with it, and they told me that um, uh, it, it's actually the uh, the warranty did go through, so they were going to repair it. They were just waiting for the parts to come through. About thirty minutes later, I got text from Samsung ga- uh, Samsung going, "Oh, hey, uh, the parts are delayed. Do you just want a replacement phone altogether?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure. Why not? Let's go with that." Only problem is I'm going from a purple phone to a pink phone. My my masculinity is being shot as when I this new phone comes in. Or is it being strengthened? Uh ooh. I, I feel like I feel like <laughs> nope, nope, definitely shot. Definitely yeah. shot. <laughs> you have to think about it. But is it is it pink or is it rose gold? No, no, it's pink. I had a look at a Samsung website and they're doing pink ones now. Like like someone walks into a dealership with eight K and walks out with like a Honda Jazz type hot pink or Uh like a Oh, like uh, like the um, uh, the pink ribbon for breast cancer pink. Oh well, that's oh, nice. it's a very you, light pink. Yeah, that's yeah, a, that's, that's just, not You can just you can just you know talk about how how good a person you are now that you have a now that you have a pink phone. Yeah, exactly. And if someone calls you out, if someone calls you out, you can be like, "Hey, what's wrong with boys having pink?" And you can get that really awkward conversation going. No, no, you just go one step further. You'd be like, "I didn't realize that you were pro breast cancer." <laughs> just put him on the spot from, like that. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. I, from, I can do someone that. From big, Someone from big breast cancer is like calling you out. <laughs> yeah. They're on to you. You go, you go straight for the jugular. Um, no, that's cool. Uh, more important than that, though, uh, what Krispy Kreme combo did you get on the way back? Uh, I didn't actually leave home, so I didn't get any Krispy Kreme. So you didn't even think to like just leave home and just go to Krispy Kreme? Like, you, you didn't have to spend the money on gas going to Mr. Samsung. Why didn't you just spend the money going to Krispy Kreme? Because gas is expensive at the moment. Jesus Christ. It's like Yeah, so so you not leaving the house is you literally like saving hundreds of dollars, and you couldn't even fork out 10 bucks for a two Krispy Kreme milkshake special. I mean, I'd have- and You could have gotten, gotten it delivered. No excuse this in this day and age. I don't think there's one close to me that delivers. I'm sure they deliver. I'm I sure didn't even realize you get deliveries. There. Man, Australia's so far ahead in New Zealand. <laughs> what? That's a, I, do you guys just not get stuff to... So if I said the concept of Uber Eats to you, would you yeah, understand? Yeah, yeah, but I've, I've never, I've never opened Uber Eats and been like, you know what, Krispy Kreme is the top of my, is the top of my recommended feed. <laughs> it should be after recording so many episodes where we praised them so much. Krispy Kreme hit us up with that sponsorship. Yeah, yeah, any, any time, any time. And you know what? I will drive to you at these gas prices uh, for the sponsorship. Just you know, let us know. You know, I'm gonna look that up. Does Krispy Kreme deliver? That's a good point. I may have unfortunately <laughs> pulled you out for the wrong thing. I'm very sorry. <laughs> 
I, I know that there are places that do like local delivery if if you're in like a corporate building near to like downtown where like we've had like deliveries done before, but not like uh, I'm sitting at home and I don't want to spend money on gas. I'm going to make the poor Krispy Kreme guy do it instead. That's just rough. Okay, so I can confirm for a five dollar delivery fee, they will deserve they will um, deliver to my house. Well, oh, nice. We were going to have to wrap this recording up quick then because I've got a delivery to make. Uh, well, a delivery to order, uh, whatever. Uh, anyway, uh, if that is all, there's a Krispy Kreme. We... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go on. No, so, no well, no, like he was about to dox a... himself. I was about to dox myself. <laughs> well, actually, no, I was about to dox you, Seth, because it's near your area. There's uh, a Krispy Kreme there now. I didn't know there was. Yeah, no, there's uh, there's one at a shopping center near me, but um, I don't know if they come to the couple of suburbs over I am. Um, it does say I'm too far away but I am 47 kilometers away from it. So <laughs> that, I mean, that that's, is that's quite like a trip. Around. Surely. <laughs> surely, surely just, just I like can... quietly message. We'll, we'll tip 10 bucks. <laughs> 10 bucks. Um, it does say that it can be ready in 25 minutes. If I want to pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> and it'll only take you 30 to drive there. So I mean, match made in heaven. <laughs> yeah. And how much in fucking tolls to get there as well. And gas prices. <laughs> Uh, okay, I mean, the Uber Eats app is being closed now because it makes me want to eat out and I don't want to do that. Fair enough. I have dinner in the fridge. <laughs> Mum, can we get Krispy Kreme? We have Krispy Kreme at home. <laughs> it's like Steve's, Donut King or something. Steve's like dilapidated fridge. <laughs> anyway, so uh, thank you for that, Seth. Uh, I guess this concludes the arc of you asking Mr. Samsung for a phone. Yeah, uh, the the ending of the arc is going to be like two weeks away when the phone comes in because it's going to take seven to 14 business days. Are you going to do a beach episode before before the end of the arc? No, to God, no. I don't want to lose my house keys. <laughs> no, it's a but fan I'll, service episode. <laughs> but, but I'll have my car keys for some reason. <laughs> Good, then you can go home. <laughs> you know what the worst thing about that is, though? So after like five weeks of not having a swipe card... We're only having one swipe card that me and my partner shared custody of. We finally get that solved, and the day it gets solved, the elevator breaks down in my apartment block. So of now course. you have to use the stairs? So now we have to use the stairs, and we have to use the fire escape, and there's only one key for the fucking fire escape. <laughs> I'm fucking to, livid. Do, do you have to set a fire every time you use the fire escape? No, not yet. But it's just fire alarmed. Oh, okay. So if, so if you leave it open for, like, 30 seconds, it just goes off. Um... It's just so fucking inconvenient. It's so inconvenient. <laughs> God. And the strata's like, nah, we're, we're working on it. Yeah, I'm sure you are. So well, on the list of people that will be guillotined when I'm in charge. <laughs> at the top, you got landlords. Oh, you second got my vote. On the, at the second, you've got real estate agents. And number and, three, strata managers. And, and number four are people that decide that 47 kilometers away from a Krispy Kreme is too far for delivery. What do you mean? There'd be a Krispy Kreme in everybody's house if I'm in charge. <laughs> now Krispy Kreme yeah, has your a- vote. <laughs> Big Krispy Kreme, yeah, get in touch. A a reality that we all look forward to and shudder at the thought of. Thank you for that, Steve. Uh, I guess we'll go into round the lounge uh, after that extended food chat, as we somehow always do. Uh, Steve, what's your week been like? What have you been up to? Yeah, so um, I played the Final Fantasy Strangers of Paradise demo, um, which is like looks like it's another week of a demo to see if I like or dislike a game, um, and I, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I watched the new Batman movie with our um, good friend from Twilight, Robert Patterson. I have very strong thoughts about that. <laughs> you have I'm thoughts. Not gonna say I, I'm not going to say I wasted my time and my money, but... <laughs> but you're thinking it? 
I will strongly imply it. Okay. Save it, save it there. for the podcast. <laughs> save it for the podcast, indeed, yeah. <laughs> Tell it to uh, someone course, who cares. <laughs> <laughs> you guys. Uh, and I've also been playing the Grand Theft Auto San Andreas remastered thing that came out a while ago. After they nice. did all those bug fixes to it. Yeah, yeah, of course, because you, you wouldn't want to play the... Um, Oh, what was what was the name of it? The the like the only collection. What was the one? They they gave it that real. They gave it that name that made it seem like it was the only one you needed. The remastered trilogy wasn't that it? Was that all they called it? I thought it was the one. It was like the de- oh the definitive collection. Yeah, maybe? It, maybe it was the definitive collection. Yeah, well, yeah. It is. It is part of that collection. Um, but through the magic of the Xbox Game Pass, I've just got the San Andreas one. I I think it was through the magic of them bug fixing it so that it wasn't shit yeah it, the, well there's still glaring problems and we'll get into that a bit yeah later. yeah we'll get into that uh anything else this week uh no that's it so that's it for me sweet and sep what about you uh so i have been also playing the stranger of paradise demo i also went and watched batman and surprise surprise i did more elden ring and i am being filtered real hard in that all right and josh what about you oh shoot no that's right <laughs> What about you, Pat? What have you been up to this? Still stuck in the underwater level. Um, I what have I done? I actually got to play a little bit of Gran Turismo, uh, which was which was uh, cool. I I am very curious how you feel about that. Yeah, I I have some thoughts. I have some thoughts, and I've also been playing a bit more of It Takes Two, which I realize we've done a couple half chats on, but I don't know how long we'll spend on that. The the Gran Turismo Seven stuff might be more of interest, and the Batman chat, but. We shall get into that. Uh, what shall we start with? Uh, and then, of course, um, I know it's not part of Round the Lounge, but we will probably spend a while talking about the, the Monster Hunter um, Sunbreak information that we got uh, in part two. Uh, shall we start with the San Andreas Remastered? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so as I said, I'm playing it through Game Pass. And I've got to say, I honestly prefer that, to be honest. Like, it's all graphically, they've... What, looks, what do you mean? What do you mean, like, you prefer that? You mean compared to the previous version, or you mean having no, only in, that version? As in, like, I'm glad I didn't pay the money for ah, all three of them. So from my understanding, it's you can either pay for all three of them, or you can get San Andreas through Game Pass. And I think it was uh, GTA 3 that was available through PlayStation Plus uh, a couple of weeks ago or two. But anyway. anyway. Seth, can you confirm? Uh, I don't actually know. I forgot... The PlayStation Plus lineups when I add the games to my library. Gets kicked out and replaced with how not to die to an Elden Ring boss. Yeah, basically. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Right, so you got it on Game Pass, which means that you only paid the Game Pass subscription because it technically isn't free. Um, yeah, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I'm playing the game, but I'm glad I didn't pay for it, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that that's honestly that if we get into it, that's how I feel about Gran Turismo 7. Um, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. interesting. That's, uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's a fair viewpoint to hold. You enjoy it while you have it, but you wouldn't go out of your way to play it. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, I, and I'm in, enjoying it. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like it's aged or anything. Like there are a couple of things in like uh, aiming, like guns or, and certain AI behaviors that are a bit uh, behind the times. But don't forget this game came out in like 2004. And it's, it's games are, games have come a long way. Games have come yeah. a long way. And I think Graphic. San Andreas is a cool one in that you can sort of see how a lot of modern games have taken elements from something like San Andreas all those years ago. Yeah, yeah. It, and, it's, and it's really good like that. So to, to start off with, graphically, it sort of has done like a half job. 
like the environments and the buildings and the the general textures do look fantastic uh and i'd say it rivals like it looks much better than for example like pokemon's legends arceus so it look, looking much better than a switch game oh just just so had to twist that is, knife <laughs> yeah is I did. that I'd, such a high bar <laughs> well maybe legends arceus looks more like a ps2 game than an actual fucking ps2 game um but that's probably more of a credit to the work that they did and from my understanding i used like an ai to sort of yeah, a- AI upscaling is a, is a common thing, which I, has generally pretty good results. I still find it hilarious that that AI upscaling ruined one of the jokes in the game where they took um a nut and smoothed it out into a full circle. So the, it, the tough yeah, so nut joke like, doesn't make yeah. any sense anymore. <laughs> yeah, and and I've actually driven past that and I, they have fixed it. So oh, they have. Cool. Nice. <laughs> yeah, they have. And that was pretty good. AI went too far this time. <laughs> yeah, so I actually had to like look up where it was to actually find out where it was. But no, they went in and obviously hand fixed it. Um, but but in terms of like the character models, they look like weirdly smooth. Like it's like they're all polygons, and like you can sort of see the edges and stuff, which is fine. Like they wouldn't have had the, like the technology back then to sort of make it. But the AI has sort of like gone over it and like smoothed it out. So they look less jaggy, but more sharp, if that makes sense. I'm, I'm picturing like Morrowind NPCs. Is that kind of like where, yeah, you're, where yeah. you're sitting at? It's sitting on that, but like the textures are nice and smooth. Right. It, it looks yeah, too I'm, smoothed out is, is the thing. Yeah, it looks like a, it looks unnatural. Yeah. Like, and, and like the, the joints between like the elbows and the knees and the shoulders look a bit like diamond shape. But then, like the bits in between, like the forearm and the bicep and the chest, are like just like sort of straight lines. Um, I'm probably doing a, a very bad job of explaining this on a <laughs> on an audio only format. Draw, draw a picture for us. Yeah. Okay. So then you got the head here. Yeah. yeah. And this is sort of what they look like. Oh wow! Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah I, yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah. Um. But like the cl- the clothes look good, but attached to the models. It's it's just the models themselves. But but at the same time, it's a game from like two thousand four, two thousand five. Like I, it's, it looks amazing for what it is. Like it's no uh, remake. It's just a remaster. Like just put a new coat of paint on it. Yeah, yeah I can kind of get the idea from your description, but that's also because I've seen a lot of like uh, weird emulated stuff where they turn up all the settings extremely high, and it's. It looks weird after it's done all the filters and all the post processing. So it's it's like it's aliased too much. Just textures have been mm. smoothed out too much, and it just looks wrong. Yeah, yeah but like overall, uh, it still holds up. The gameplay is pretty good. Driving the driving the cars feels really good. The gunplay, for the most part, does seem pretty well. There's a couple of like lock on problems, um, that I probably just relics from the time. Like you you lock on and you have to. If you like, it'll lock on straight to the chest, so you have to go point up if you want a headshot. But like, it has you have to drag it up, and it takes like a bit longer. Um, right. Yeah. Health regeneration you can only do at like by eating food. But eating food makes you fat, and then if you eat too much food and you get too fat, literally, there's a message that says you are at risk of heart failure, <laughs> lose weight. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, but what about the game? But I'm, yeah, I, I was wondering what that message was that was following me around. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's 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 still really good like the the storyline is very gta and it's very 
overhyped and over exaggerated so is this is this your first time playing san andreas no it's not okay right yeah and that's probably why i'm tolerating a couple of things a bit more like a couple of because i'm having a bit of problems and i'll talk about that in a bit but it definitely does feel nostalgic in a way that i'm really good for i'm really grateful for because i i um middle of last year played through simpsons hit and run again just because i found uh oh wow like what yeah i know i know right game. yeah no but that's the thing is that i played it a ton back when i had it on playstation 2 wow shout out to playstation 2 uh and then i found a um an executable that i could run on a computer with a moderate amount of success had to do a bit of finessing to trick the computer into thinking it was old enough to run it but uh graphically it does not hold up like it's all blocky um cartoony like it's very product of the times but you enjoy it if you played it initially because your brain is just tricked into thinking oh yeah this is like you know when i played it the first time all those years ago so it's fine i imagine this is kind of a similar sort of spot for you it is um but i went into it thinking that i would be like oh i'd be i'd hate the gameplay or like there'd be something that really annoyed me but it didn't really like it, it I, I reckon if someone came and hadn't played san andreas and played it now They'd probably recognize it's a bit old, but they would have like no problems. Right, fair. fair. Like, like it, it still follows a lot of the same game principles that are like even on today and even in other like the later GTA games, like in four and five. Like they four and five do refine it and do it a lot better, but San Andreas still does it pretty good. Well, should we should we talk about um you were saying that people won't have problems? Should we talk about some of the problems that you've been having? Yeah. So a lot of them are just like weird gameplay things. So like it will make like the sound because you've got like a bunch of skills that upgrade such as like stamina or gunplay or uh, endurance and all that type of stuff. And every now and then it will make the sound that I've upgraded it, but it won't show me the progress or anything. So it's just sort of like a beep. And I'm like, I know from planning San Andreas before that that beep means that um, I've upgraded something, but it doesn't come up on the screen. So I'm not really sure if it's supposed to do that, but I have a weird memory. I love, that, I, I love that you've got like Pavlov's dog conditioning. You you hear the upgrade bell and you just start salivating. You're like, where is it? I know that yeah, I know that yeah. it's coming. Where is it? I had that yeah. reaction when I heard a shiny noise at playing Garcius once. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, same sort of thing. And same sort of thing when it makes the when Xbox um games make the achievement sound. I get that that dopamine rush and I'm like, oh baby, yeah. I love it. <laughs> Here it comes. <laughs> yeah, and I've there's been a couple of like AI tracking problems. Like there's there was one mission and some guy was following me in a car and he like sort of hit another car and then that was it. Like he kept trying, kept trying to drive forward. The car he ran into kept trying to drive forward and I had to sort of like bump them out of the way. And that happened in a couple of like walking missions as well. They just sort of get stuck. Yeah. Um, but I'm not sure if that's just because that's what the game was at the time and they literally did nothing to fix it up because this is for all intensive purposes, this is the same game they've done nothing that i've seen in terms of uh, gameplay changes or tweaks or any bug fixes at all except splashing a borderline fresh coat of paint on the environments and called it a day yeah so and that's why i'm probably happy that i'm playing it but not happy that i paid for it fair enough uh on the back of that uh obviously you, as you said you didn't pay for it but uh with what it is that you've played you know nostalgia included and everything else what would you give it out of 10 oh I don't, I don't know. I'd, I'd struggle to rate it genuinely because, like, I, if you asked me this 10 years ago, I would have given it like a 9.5. But whoa, whoa. Knowing, the, El- the Elden Ring of 10 years ago? Well, Elden Ring wasn't out, so it would have been the 
Grand Theft Auto. Is Elden Ring the Grand Theft Auto? But yeah. So it it does what it sets out to do is really well. And if I'm benchmarking it by the games of its time, it's very close to perfect, like a nine. But because I'm comparing it to games that have come since and learned from it, it's probably closer to like a, a, a six. Like graphically, it's well, it's just a flash coat of paint, so that's probably not fair to do it. But gameplay-wise, a lot more games have done it better since, and that's probably because they've learned from it. And it's, yeah, had a couple of problems with like the, the tracking, with AI tracking, any of the AI's behavior in combat is... Sometimes they'll flank you. Sometimes like they'll just come to you in a line and it's like, all right, cool. Headshots for days. This is what we're doing. But I'm, I'm still having a good time. I don't want anybody to think I'm not having a good time. I'm having a great time. Yeah. If you've played it before, I'd highly recommend playing it again, like just for that nostalgia thing again. If you haven't played it again, I'd probably wait for the the collection to go on like a big sale and pick them all up for like $20 for all three of them. Fair enough. Because um, you get GTA 3 and GPA, GTA, I think it's Vice City. Uh. Um, all yeah. Liberty City stories, yeah. or it's no, no, one? it's Vice, it's Vice, it's Vice City, yeah, yeah, because oh, Liberty City stories for the PSP one, yeah, uh, but yeah, like a, if someone paid for it full price, I'd probably laugh at them, but yeah, that's it, that's Grand Theft Auto San Andreas Remastered. Sweet, thank you for that, Steve. Um, next up on the list, I think we get Seth to talk about Elden Ring because it seems that the uh, Batman and Stranger in Paradise chat is something that we're probably going to all jump in on. So, Seth, Elden Ring, what you been up to? Just a quick update on Elden Ring. Uh, man, last week I was like, man, I really hope I finish this game. And I tried. I really tried. Um, I'm up to the final boss now, but I'm getting filtered hard because... I'm I'm actually considering taking a point or half a point off that game because of how bad that final boss fight is. Oof. I won't get into details because it's still a fairly new game, but I'm having a lot of problems with the uh the camera in that boss fight. And it's I, I feel like I could actually beat the boss fight if it wasn't for how awful the camera's being right now. But um, yeah, it's it gone into a point where I'm just like, okay, fuck it. I'm going to go off and do a couple of optional areas, level up some more so I can just out-damage this boss rather than deal with the mechanics. So two-part question. Uh, one, did you see Donkey's video on him d- defeating the final boss? And two, why don't you just do what he did and tell it to stop and then it stops and then he kills it? I did not, but that uh, that sounds like a fairly good idea. Maybe I should go do that. Unfortunately, they just patched the game, so maybe they are uh, they anti-Dunky to the game. <laughs> the the old reverse dunk. <laughs> um, actually. While we're on that topic, do you want to give a quick 30 seconds as to what the game update includes? Yeah, so they did a big balance uh, update to a lot of weapons. They made some better, some worse. The uh, the weapon that Josh was using got heavily nerfed. Uh, the, weapon that I've, the weapon that I've been specking to use. Haven't yep. used it yet because I still need more int, but yeah, saw that that got hit with the banhammer. Yeah, no, they uh, they heavily nerfed the range of it and the damage of it. So uh, maybe, maybe specs are something else that you think is going to be fun. Um... They also fixed up a bunch of NPC quests that were broken in the launch of the game. So, like, you get about halfway through their quest lines and then there was no progress. There was no trigger to continue them. So, they've updated that. So, now you can actually finish them. Uh, those include... Uh, uh, God, I forget his name. Like, Kenneth? I don't think we need to include... I mean, 
As as we said last week, I know none of the NPCs other than EG, my boy, <laughs> my one true love. Okay, so uh, EG was not one of them because his questline did finish properly in the game. Because it was perfect, because EG is perfect and my boy, yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, EG, EG is a good boy. Um, and they added one new NPC, which is just a, apparently just a pot that wants head pats. <laughs> I've heard that they've also added uh, a way of some loose, not quite quest log system, but some way to record what you've last said to NPCs around the map. Ah, right, right, that. I don't think they record what you've last said to NPCs, but they track the NPCs on the map now, so you can see where they are. That might have been it, yeah, something about that. And then also they've uh, apparently reduced... Um, uh, one of our mutual friends has been playing a very arcane sorcery type deal through Elden Ring, and he was saying that they've... Um, uh, buffed i guess they've reduced the focus point cost for a lot of the spells particularly towards late game which i'm sure is a welcome change yeah they have are uh, they they reduced some of the fp on some things they increased fp for some other things and made their cast times longer mm. and so it, they they also fixed arcane specifically like a lot of weapons they weren't scaling with arcane properly now they do Oh, cool. Uh, but back to you getting filtered by the final boss. So uh, is that... So where we left this, uh, people can go back and listen to the last, what, three episodes of us talking about Elden Ring now. Um, where we left you last week, though, is that we had suggested that you would have to put in 36 hours in a week in order to, to uh, hit the final boss with the same timing as a mutual friend of ours did. Uh, was that the case? Did you have to put in 30, uh, like an almost standard work week of time outside of your standard work week to get to the final boss? No, I didn't. I, I got to the final boss from where I was last week in about 10, 15 hours, I think. Yeah, probably closer to the 10 hour mark. Shoot, you're doing well. Yeah, because yeah, uh, for, for the story stuff, I was leveled pretty decently and I had I had specs for my weapon pretty well. So I was just melting certain things and... Still still had enough uh, of a challenge with the boss fights where it was like, these take me maybe five, six attempts, which is fairly standard, I feel, for uh, these bosses. Uh, and yeah, it's just the final boss that's strengthening me at the moment. Cool. Uh, when you eventually do defeat the final boss, do you think you're going to go back through on New Game Plus? Probably not for a while. It's been a fairly big game, and there's other games I do want to play. I've uh, put over 60 hours into this already i'll probably be about the 80 hour mark when i do finish it i feel like i'll be elden ringed out for a while fair enough uh anything else you want to add no not really that that can be the end of the elden ring update for me cool and the end of the elden ring update for you it shall be uh i think we talk about the stranger of paradise demo next because that way we get the nice grouping of video games and then the movie uh so stranger of paradise uh steve uh, why don't you give us a brief synopsis as to what Stranger of Paradise is? Because the name Stranger of Paradise wouldn't make you think that it's a Final Fantasy game, but it is in fact a Final Fantasy game, no? Yes, well, I think the full title is Final Fantasy Origin Stranger of Paradise. Other way around, Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origins. Um, you were so close, Steve. Thank you for playing. So close. Um, but it's, it's, it's really good. It's a... Essentially, at the core of it, it is a remake or retelling. You might have to correct me on it, Seth. Prequel. Of pre so it's a prequel <laughs> of... Oh, fuck, so fucking cool. All right, you got oh. one more chance, and then we just get Seth to describe it, all right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it's a it's a uh, prequel to Final Fantasy 1, and it is made by um, Team Ninja. Who that that is one is correct. That hey, is there we go. Uh, hey, one out of three, right? 
Um, and they made like the the Neo series. So it's it's very much it's a very fast paced action game, but it does have some RPG elements as well as some souls like elements, I guess, like with uh like the rolling and the iframes and all that type of stuff and weird save points and stuff and if you but i i i really enjoyed it yeah it's very much if you took a souls game but leaned it more towards ninja gaiden than you did dark souls i found have you any of you guys played near Sorry, not near Neo. I I have played Neo, yes. So that's that's where Neo is as well. Like Neo is yeah. like a Souls type, but it leans more towards being an action game, like a Ninja Gaiden is. Not not exactly like that. Not as hack and slashy and flashy, but it's more focused on like feeling good combat. Yeah, and it's a lot more faster paced. And I thought it was like much in that vein. Like the combat is like very fast, very responsive. The parry feels so good. It's fucking perfect and it feels every time you do it it feels very good but at the same time i get the feeling they've put like a couple of frames on either side of it so you've got a bit more time yeah so every yeah. time you do it, it it it's just it's perfect and but you're not feeling cheated if you get it if you get it wrong it's like oh obviously i've gotten the wrong i was too early or i was too late and you, you can just, hold it you window. can hold it for a little while as well so it's it acts mm. as a bit of a block but if you time it well then it's a parry and the parry is what you want to aim for yeah, it was. I I I really enjoyed it. Um, oh, I don't I don't even know where we want to start. Like, should we start with the job system, or should we just talk about like the graphics, or should we talk about the overall story set? What do you? Let, what, let's start I, with the graphics because I think that's the lowest point. If if I may, um, I would be curious to know whether this is a demo of you get to do a couple of curated levels, or whether it's they just give you the game for like I don't know three or four hours and then just cut you off at the end they give you the first three levels and the save uh will transfer to the full game when it releases so it's so they haven't cut off any of the start at all no no That's they really haven't how the game that, that is that how really... the cut that is how the game is going to start it's very weird but very hilarious yeah well it just feels like it just jumps you straight into it it's like okay cutscene. okay you're fighting a boss okay this is how everybody met it's very and it's like in the first like five minutes like you're pretty much straight in it doesn't waste it doesn't waste any time and that's good uh the, like the part work. that i thought was funny was where it says uh so after the guys meet up it cuts to black and goes so these guys went to the king and asked him to, uh to let them go to the chaos shrine he said no prove yourselves first go fight these monsters they fought the monster it's been a couple of weeks and they're on their way back to ask the king again you, yeah, you don't see anything about that monster. You don't get a level with that monster. It's just, yeah, they killed it off screen. Let's let's have a cutscene of them talking on the ship on the way back home. Are you telling yeah. me that they that they gave the Pokemon treatment of a whole bunch of things happened while the screen was black, and then they just hand wave what happened? Yeah, it's basically that. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, it, it, and it seems like the opposite to what a usual JRPG Final Fantasy game would have. Like, it, you think it'd be like a forty-five hour long cutscene at the start. <laughs> For like a three second fight where you like you get the automatic you press one button it's the i win button that's it and then another 60 minute cutscene but it's none for that it's like five minutes okay this happened off screen five minutes you're heading back like it is i'm not i'm not sure if it's just trying to fight back against cutscenes or something because but because later on there are like a lot more cutscenes that explain a lot more things in more detail for no reason but yeah this is the start of it it, it felt the start is ve- the start is very weird. Yeah, it's just very jarring. 
I'm not sure. Yeah, and and but if, it, at it, first I thought that's it's what they on were purpose. Out. It's on purpose. I'll say yeah. that much because uh, I'll I'll also say this now. Uh, the game came out to, uh, for people that pre-ordered it digitally, so people have the uh, full game at like three days early. So people are going through the story. Uh, my girlfriend has basically almost finished the game now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's a, uh, there is a thing that'll make you go, oh, so that's why the beginning was so rushy or the oh, way it was. Okay. Like, there, there is kind of a payoff for it. Because the first boss is DLC. I, I get it. I see you. What? Oh, they better. Oh, man, if I do that. <laughs> oh. Do you want to know what happens in the first fight? $20 paywall, bitch. <laughs> they actually have announced DLC for the game, and um, it seems interesting because one of them you can tell is just going to be a Gilgamesh fight. And yeah. Gilgamesh is a very big fan favorite for the Farm Fancy uh, fan base. Yeah, that is true. And yeah, he's a re- reoccurring character as well. But yeah, so essentially to, to answer your, your question, Pat, it's essentially, yeah, like three hours was the first game. Is it three hours? I got to about two, two and a half hours and I'm like, I've seen enough, but I could tell there was more to do. Yeah, I'd say about three to five hours, depending if you want to do the side missions. Uh, okay. Yeah, but... Yeah, like it, it's a good chunk. It's a bigger chunk than Kirby, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, and you <laughs> and get it, it... Because it's just the first three levels of the game, It's it's uh, you get some decent uh, fights in there. Uh, they're pretty decently length levels, and yeah, like you just... If you want to, you can just keep grinding out the demo to uh, level up the jobs in there because they give you uh, most of the jobs in the game. You you get the basic jobs and the advanced jobs. They just lock off the uh, ex- expert jobs that are in uh, for the demo. So you can't go all the way up to like Dark Knight or Paladin, but you can go up to like a warrior or a monk or something on those natures. Like... There's, there's a lot of jobs, so I, I, I'd i spend a while breaking down which is in which tree. But basically, the demo lets you go up to tier two and locks you off before you get to tier three. Right. And so and so just on that, because, Steve, you you were a big fan of the job system. Uh, I think you mentioned just a bit before. Uh, what, what like, anything to add to what Seth was saying? Well, so, so essentially to take it back and explain it a bit further, the job system is pretty much like, it's essentially a different class that you can let... Uh, Oh, God, what's his, what's the main guy's name again? Jack. 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 Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So essentially you're only controlling Jack and the other two or three party members, or two party members. Sorry. That would be Mr. Stranger to you. <laughs> I think he's given a last name. He is. Uh, the trailers straight up say his name is Jack Garland. Ah, oh, ah. Oh, so that yeah, links in with what she says. Because, okay. because that's uh, the, that he, he's the guy. He, he's, he's the, the first boss of Final Fantasy one. Yeah. But anyway, so the job system, right, is essentially different classes you can sort of equip to jack and that will change everything like from his moveset to his skills he can use to even his sort of um fight style and his his stats as well yeah his stats as well and it works for the different out well not outfits the different equipment you attach to him as well like some equipment is like locked to certain class certain jobs and it's there's there's actually a funny thing with that by the way um you can you can still equip uh armor that is uh, has affinity for other jobs and people have been doing that to level up multiple jobs on one job uh, that they're playing as so you can be running for a level as a pugilist but all your gear is specs towards like lancer or dragoon or sword fighter and you'll get experience for all of those while just running around as a pugilist it's it's a weird system i don't know i didn't know about until recently 
but very interesting to know that you can like level up all your different jobs without having to play as them you just need their armor equipped yeah and it, you can sort of like keep it like sort of like an xp share thing so you can be leveling up free so this is there's the diversity and what the job system brings is probably its biggest asset so for example if there's uh think it's the warrior class and you're literally holding a great sword and you're like swinging things and cutting things in half yep. and then you've got like the pugilist class which and that's the essentially the brawler type where you've got two fists and you're just punching the shit out of things at it is, is that what the pugilist class is yep yep that's pugilist yep, okay, yeah. good, good, good. Uh, and then you've got like things like the mage class which is like focuses on long range spells holding down the yep. button to to charge the spell and then you're launching it like the the diversity in the the classes is just fantastic and because i was getting a bit tilted at one of the one of the bosses and i was like i just can't couldn't do it with the class i was doing so i just cha was changing the classes up on the fly like, as i was like bursting the boss and i was like i'd go from like short range warrior to like hacking and slashing and then i take like three or four steps back and i'm a mage and i'm casting spells that are in my party members are giving support so that i can cast those things it's it's fantastic like in terms of the adaptability and the fast paceness of finding what works for you and allowing you to to essentially do what's fun as you played and i really enjoyed that uh i also have a question have you found out about the, the rapid switch between jobs as you're in mid combat i know you can switch it within combat i'm not sure what do you mean how fast rapid are we talking here like extremely rapid as in uh so what you do is, uh, you know how you have uh, those special skills on uh, the uh, right trigger? Yeah. Uh, what you can do is, as those moves are coming out, like, either during their their animations or during their recovery frames, if you press the uh, Y button to switch your job, uh, you'll instantly switch to that other job and you can you just cancel any recovery frames you would have and you're able to immediately start attacking again. Ah, oh, that's cool. Oh, so you can do, like, change... Sorry, you can be chaining combos across classes. Okay, that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, you can also... If you're also holding a direction as you're doing that, you'll do a step in that direction as you're switching. So you can, like... You can do, like, a big attack with, like, the greatsword uh, and cancel out the recovery and do a back step as you're switching to get into a safer range. Ah, oh, fuck, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. it's it's such a smooth game. Like it just the combat is the best part about the game, and you can tell they've really put in the work, and it is very fun to play. It is. It's it's exceptionally fun to play and very addictive. Cool. So, right, so um, the so there's a couple other points. I'm just going by what you guys have told me pre-show. Uh, Steve, you want to give us a quick thirty seconds over how the loot system works? Uh, well, so the loot system, uh, it just literally as you defeat enemies it drops but the amount of like it drops you can quickly become a bit overwhelmed with the amount of gear you've got they have I'm they give you 4500 equipment slots before they're like okay you have to start dismantling stuff which should give yeah, an idea of how much loot you're getting per run yeah and it's, it's like even in like one room and like you're facing off against 10 enemies and you get like eight different sets of equipment it's sort of being a bit sort of overwhelming <laughs> just, when you, you first get them in. down to their bones <laughs> it's, it's essentially and then it just sort of becomes like a weird management system of like all right which one's the best one for which class which one has the affinities which one has a 
might not have the affinity for the job, but it's got it lessens the casting time of spells by five seconds. So you might want to do it like that. Like it's it's interesting. I'm not too sure, but it seems like the loot's semi-random generated in the stats because you can have two. Yeah, it seems like it because you'll get mage gear, and for some reason, it's uh, got affinity towards uh, a uh, hand-to-hand class or something. Yeah, which is <laughs> weird. I mean, you can have like two like sets of clothes that are like the. They look exactly the same. The stats looking the same. The effects they give you is very different. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, that there, there was that also on the loot system. I want to say that it's exceptionally uh gratifying when you're fighting a cactuar. Uh, you break its stamina gauge so you get a special kill on it, and the special kill is you just throw it up into the air and it pops like a pinata, dropping loot all over you. Yeah, that was pretty fun. The loot the, shower. Fuck those like to run around. It's fucking so hard. Oh, that's cool. Uh, the other note that I want to address before we wrap things up. Uh, Seth, you played through all of this in co-op. Yes, yeah, so uh, you you have experience with the um uh, uh, the Elden Ring co-op, do you not? Uh, vaguely, yeah. Vaguely, I've, I've done a couple boss fights in co-op and things, but yeah, the sort of drop in like the the, the session based co-op of you you come in with an objective and then you complete the objective or fail and then co-op ends. Yeah, so uh, you also have like all the consumable items, which honestly isn't that hard to gather up for uh, Elden Ring. You you can get like a massive amount of them. But uh, this is because everything is level based rather than um, rather than uh, an open world. You just make a room and have people come in, and you're like, okay, let's just hop into this mission. And the, once the mission ends, you just go back to the room and go, okay, let's go to the next mission and the next mission. The only downside is that you can't continue uh, story events in a room, so you have to disband for those. But then once ah. the uh, cutscenes are done, you just put the room back up and go, okay, let's continue more of the game. And it's That's cool. Yeah, it's it's very easy to get in and out of. And uh, the the actual co-op experience is pretty uh, fun. Uh, I didn't... There's a little bit of lag that you'd expect, but I was playing with my girlfriend who's over in America. And uh, uh, yeah, it was just like maybe a half second of a delay in what the parry timing would be, which isn't too bad in this type of game, I feel. Doesn't and have rollback netcode? No. I was just about to ask that. <laughs> we need to know. I, I actually don't know what type of netcode this uses. I doubt it, though. But I'm um, coming to you live with, with the uh, with the netcode report, Seth. <laughs> uh, Persona 4 Arena is getting netcode in summer. <laughs> um, so but back yeah. to you, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's... it's uh, works really well like there was no issues there wasn't any dropouts or anything like that um gameplay was very smooth so yeah thumbs up on the co-op they did very good on that and making it a lobby system just alleviates any issues that you'd have with like compared to any other soul style game that has uh, multiplayer that's cool uh, i imagine once the full game releases we're going to hear a lot more about it from you two so when does the full game come out and will you two be getting it tomorrow uh yes uh Steve? tomorrow and no or not for full price like I'll, I'll definitely buy it um but there are the story's pretty weird and the graphics aren't really that good yeah so we didn't touch on it yet but the graphics are really bad like on ps5 it feels like it's dropping down to 720p for some reason yeah and the same with xbox like it's fucking weird and there's weird jagged edges that really shouldn't exist um but yeah sorry to answer your question I will pick it up eventually, uh, not for full price. Yeah, Once again, do not pay full price for games. Either yeah. they'll come to Game Pass or I will get them for 75% off. Or they have anime and you buy them for 35 bucks. <laughs> this could be classified as an anime game, depending on what you think about JRPGs. 
This I, is not a JRPG, but... <laughs> I'd, I'd but consider it, it a JRPG. More of an <laughs> action... turn-based con- More of an action JRPG. Uh, well, uh, I, I'm J- oh, look, we can talk about this later, <laughs> but JRPG, in my definition, has turn-based combat. Okay, so, so is Final Fantasy XV not a JRPG? No, that's an action RPG. That's the best game of all time. Uh, let's, let's have this conversation another time. <laughs> when when Josh is back and he can tell you that you're both wrong. <laughs> but he agrees with me on Final Fantasy XV being a bad game. Man, Josh Tay, I'm telling you right now. Sarah, Damn it, Josh I shouldn't Tay. have told him that. <laughs> uh, no, that's cool. Uh, yeah, I do, I do want to wrap things up here. We have plenty more to talk about. And as I say, I'm pretty sure we're going to end up hearing more about this in the future. I, I know that we said we'd move on to Batman. I just want to give a real quick uh, GT7 impressions. So I, uh, I'm not recording this from where I normally am. I am in Wellington, staying at a friend's house who happens to have Gran Turismo 7 on a PlayStation 5, which meant that I got to play Gran Turismo 7 on a PlayStation 5. And it's cool, but it's not the sort of game that I'd buy for myself. Uh, the main impressions I have, everything is very pretty. Everything sounds really good. The physics of like driving over curbs is oddly satisfying. I don't really know why. Um, and it's it's a fun driving experience. But the couple things that, that are sort of hang-ups for me, uh, the first one is that when you have intermediate assists on, it will automatically break for you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you can turn that off. But yeah, I've heard about that. I, I know you can turn it off. It's intermediate intermediate does the does the breaking for you i i've been watching someone uh stream the game and said they were trying really hard on a specific a class uh driver test and uh, someone in their chat goes oh do you have this uh, driver assist turned on uh turn it off and immediately he, he was on that test for like an hour or two and immediately the moment he turns it off he cleared it with time to spare nice nice um yeah i've um I basically went into it, uh, tried it once with like sort of as it comes, which I think in hindsight would have been with intermediate assists on. I'm actually not sure. And then I just uh, whacked it up to, to all assists off um, manual transmission. You know, the, the real driving really makes you feel like, like driving a car. Um, can't say that driving a Bugatti Veyron in Gran Turismo 7 is like driving a Bugatti Veyron in real life, but it, I believe it. <laughs> it feels pretty close. Um, I, I will I will say that uh, you can turn all the assists off, but keep braking area on because that's the only main one that's useful. <laughs> uh, Strange. Yeah, that, so you reckon you'll get it yourself? No, no. Um, oh. I so I'm I'm much more of like an arcade racer fan. I really enjoyed Forza Horizon Five, and I will put much more hours into Forza Horizon Five. But I appreciate what Gran Turismo Seven does, and I enjoy playing it when I have access to it. But it's not the sort of thing that I think. Man, you know what I really wish I was playing right now? Gran Turismo 7. Like, it's just not that sort of game for me. Yeah, see, that's that's kind of where I stand because I also prefer more of the arcade style races. But I do want to give Gran Turismo 7 a try just for the sake of um, playing another Gran Turismo after... God, it's been, it's been close to 20 years since the last time I've played one of those. But mm. um, yeah, I'd, I'd want to get this one, but not for the price they're asking for it. It did go on sale recently for a price I would have bought it for, but with Elden Ring out at the moment and Stranger of Paradise coming up in a little bit, I decided to hold off because I don't know where I would have squeezed that into. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, yeah, that's basically all I want to say about it. Um, you know, if Josh is back, I'm sure he'll have opinions, but yeah, it's 
it's fun. It's it's technically very impressive. It's just not the sort of thing that I would play for extended periods of time or pay a hundred plus dollars for, at least in New Zealand. Um, anyway, Batman, uh, one that we have all seen. Yes. 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 So, Steve, your initial gut reaction. Yeah, your initial gut reaction was it was okay. <laughs> Seven point nine out of ten. Mm, too much water. Okay. Mm, um, <laughs> pressing X to that. Okay. There are we. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say okay. <laughs> I would. I would say it was not very good. Fair enough. Seth, gut reaction. I liked it. There's there's a few things that I'm hung up about on it in terms of like uh, the script and what it did. But said, no, in general, I liked the movie. Cool. We have. Um, I'd I'd like to keep this too. <laughs> I I also liked it. Uh, so it sucks for you, Steve. Um, I, I want to keep this discussion to 10-ish minutes if possible, just because uh, otherwise we're going to end up blowing out... Uh, blowing <laughs> out my editing. <laughs> yeah, and you got Elden Ring to finish, buddy. So thinking of you, shout out to you, future Seth. You're welcome. Um, so, Steve, you're the one with the controversial and probably wrong opinion. Uh, what is the first thing that you didn't like about it? It seems like the, they were the, the biggest thing you didn't like about it, rather. The biggest thing I didn't like about it, it seemed like they were trying to do two different movies and they did neither good. Like, okay, so, so let's set ground rules. How much of a spoiler are we doing this? I, uh, I'd i say try to keep it light. If, if we're keeping okay. it to 10 minutes, we should keep it light. Okay, so the first movie is that sort of detective sort of thing, how he's trying to piece together... Uh, uh, I don't know how to say it without spoiling it. No, we know who but, the villain is, so we can say it's the Riddler. Well, oh, okay. No, no, no. But like, there's that first Wait, part. what? <laughs> who? Riddle me this, Seth. No. There's the first part where it's a very, it's very detective who they're trying to, yeah, work out who the Riddler is, but there seems to be a sort of background sort of theme to... There's a big like conspiracy the that the Riddler yeah, is hinting towards. And it's trying to unravel that, but it's doing two things at the same time. Well, so, really so what do you mean by that? Either. Because because the the conspiracy is wrapped up in the detective story. So where where are it, where is it that you're trying to to split them? I don't think it was split. It's just like every time the Riddler did something, that was the big thing, and the murder was there. And then and then and then it felt like it, the conspiracy was a different storyline, even though it was loosely connected to Riddler. Ex- exactly. Yeah. Like they never really focused on one or, or the other. They sort of tried to do both, and like it never felt like Batman could get any way further and like sometimes he reaches wrong conclusions until the riddler fucking spells it out for him <laughs> it was just and like every time he does something he's fucking shit like there's that scene where he's inspecting the evidence but like he has to walk through a whole line of placement to get there and his latex is making that fucking latex sound <laughs> and everybody's just watching him and i'm like what the fuck are we doing he's <laughs> why is he being escorted in like he should yeah. just show up like it's, that, it just ruined the immersion like a, that that ah. and um what was one of the lines why why is the guy in a halloween costume here <laughs> well, yeah there's the whole way it's like you must love this time of year and big someone's just fucking died and we're looking at a crime scene and you're having a dig <laughs> at this guy what the fuck man I, I, I like how patrick's laughing at all of these jokes and that there's people going oh it's not funny like a marvel movie <laughs> <laughs> but like a Marvel movie sort of knows when to tell the jokes and when not to and they're funny one-liners where this sort of seemed to like keep the whole theme of Halloween for that one section and all the jokes are about Halloween but none of them like really stick it's all the same thing oh he's a guy dressed as a bat he must love Halloween hey buddy you can actually go out you're the freak even though it's Halloween like it's it was strange I, I don't know I didn't like the writing in it the second part of the movie when there's that uh 
the big thing that happens. They sort of do that a lot better because the stakes are a lot raised. Um, but it just sort of seems like it's the big disasters happened. So he slows down for a bit when he should be fucking speeding up because there's a lot of shit to do. Um, yeah, it just seemed like it was in two different spaces, the whole movie. And because of that, it, it didn't really work very good. Interesting. Uh, Seth, you liked it. Uh, do you feel that it was two different movies? No, I, I get where Steve is coming from because it does feel like at times that it's focusing too much on one on the conspiracy side rather than like connecting things to the Riddler. But no, I I felt like it was all one interconnected thing. And I, I'd say my biggest gripe is that there's a point where uh, the conspiracy storyline ends and then it just has to go all in on the Riddler thing. And it, it feels like when the conspiracy ended, that feels like a natural end to a movie. And then it just keeps going for like another 40 minutes. Yeah, yeah. it definitely feels like it, they should have been resolved at the same time. But not. I, I know that exact point because I, yeah. I really had to use the bathroom in the cinema. And then I got to that point and I thought the movie must be ending soon. And then just sat yeah. <laughs> through, the, through the next like 50 odd minutes going... Huh. Well, now if I go, I'm definitely going to miss the ending. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a, of- a three-hour movie. That's such a long time to sit through and need to pee. I went I went <laughs> a little earlier than the final beat for the conspiracy stuff, so I did it like a good quieter moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you and definitely of, made the correct lot, choice. There's a lot of water in that second part as well, sort of in <laughs> Oh yeah, it was in. it was hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll be honest. A lot of sloshing. <laughs> <laughs> but um, um no uh, my my actual two gripes with the movie that i have myself is that um catwoman has a line that's like well they deserve that they're rich white men and she's a brown character and god as as a brown person myself I, i'm so sick of media doing this and like seeing it online like oh yeah uh rich white people deserve shit because they're white and they're rich so fuck them and it's like, okay, I get it. We're getting enough of this in real life. We don't need it in media as well. And it, and it, feel, was it feels she, a bit heavy handed. It, it seems like forced in because she's saying it to, to Batman who is white. Like it was. Yeah. And, and she's saying it right after she said, oh, well, you must have grown up privileged. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that part did make sense though. It, it does. Um, but I, yeah. I feel like scripts wise, it's a bit heavy handed and I hate that sort of heavy handedness. And in going into that, uh, God, this. This is kind of spoilery, so if I'll, I'll say it, and if you guys say I should uh, edit it out, then I will. But the Riddler feels very like current incelish uh, type of villain, and that also that, kind of it's... kind of went sour for me. I thought it suited the Riddler's character really well. It um... does in a way, but it also feels like very current and like also. Like following off that Catwoman thing, I also felt it felt like this is more kind of heavy handedness. Uh, I, I and, disagree and, with that I think the Riddler was perfect. I I would have been fine with it. I thought it I would have been yeah. fine with it if it was just him himself. But the way the second part of that Riddler plot carries out, it's like okay, it's a bit too on the current news sort of thing. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be like that. It, I, it is. I just, yeah. I just didn't like that direction yeah. myself. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, I definitely see that point. I personally didn't mind it, but yeah, no, I, I definitely could see why you wouldn't. Because if you watch that in like twenty years' time, it's gonna be like, who, who the fuck is this guy? Type of thing. Yeah, no, that's such right. 
uh, on that. So everyone's sort of airing their dirty laundry, if you will. Um, I found it almost comical. Every scene that Robert Pattinson was uh, Bruce Wayne. Oh, fuck. Yes. Yeah. That is correct. <laughs> Where it seems like almost all of his script lines involve, we need you to look across the camera multiple times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Robert Pattinson was a good Batman, but a bad Bruce Wayne. Oh, no. I think I, that I, was I... the point. This is This is very early in the career of Batman. So this is supposed to be the point where... Bruce Wayne doesn't exist to him yet. It's all or nothing Batman. And I think that I think Robert Pattinson did that very well. Yeah, I, I think with what he was told to do with what the film is, great. But I just have this expectation, maybe wrongly placed on me from watching the Christopher Nolan trilogy, in that Bruce Wayne is still this uh, He's charismatic. It, it's not even charisma. It's someone that can just exist normally outside the house yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah you're right and it feels like yeah. he's two steps from either punching someone in the face or breaking down and i could never tell which <laughs> yeah and there's that weird sort of side story he has of him sort of ripping on alfred like oh you're not my dad and yeah like, and then yeah there's an event and then as soon as alfred wakes up he's like why didn't you tell me you fucking lied to me he's like bro no because I'm not your dad. Because you kept telling yeah. me you're not my dad. I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, it was, and that really never gets resolved. Like, there's no, I didn't, I didn't think it was resolved. No, I'd agree with that. Uh, the other, the other piece that I like, and I realize we're sort of coming towards the ten minute. Um, the, the other piece that I found weird. Is yeah, that, we, we've just aired all our dirty laundry. We haven't actually talked about the positives of why we like the movie. Sure, I didn't like and the movie, but I, I sort of expected that if I said, "Shut up, Steve." That if if I said that we'll set it for ten minutes, we'll probably end up going for fifteen. So I will take another couple minutes. It's fine. Sorry, future Seth. Um, uh, I found that it's quite weird that towards the end of the conspiracy plotline, Batman goes and finds some evidence. And then in the next scene, he goes and talks to someone that refutes the evidence that he just found. And it's like, does Batman just not have an opinion on this? Because it seems yeah. like it seems like we're just being dragged from scene to scene. And Batman's like, okay, I now believe this. And then in the next scene, like, oh, but I was told to believe this. Was that wrong? And they're like, yeah, it was wrong. He's like, okay. Yeah, it's literally, I now- literally like 10 minutes later, he's told yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's not view, even yeah. 10 minutes. It's like, yeah. it's like the next scene. And he's like, okay, I will no longer believe the first thing. And then he goes to a third guy. And the third guy's like, why did you listen to the second guy telling you that the first thing was a lie? And so you as the audience is just like, man, it would be really useful to hear Batman give his opinion on something. <laughs> but positives. What do uh, you think of his I... makeup? <laughs> what, on the eyeliner? Man, that eyeliner game was on point. Oh, Why yeah. the fuck is he wearing eyeliner? I don't understand it. Isn't that what he's got a mask? Yeah, and, but it also like... darkens around the eyes and gets just makes all of that area blackened out. I, I, I like to think yeah. that it's like Mad Max where they do the Valhalla spray, but he just does that every time he's about to go out and fight crime. Yeah, it's I don't know. <laughs> uh, positives I don't know though. I I really liked the tone that it went for. Yeah, I I liked the tone of the movie. I liked the uh the setting they put it in of like this is early in his career, so he's more rough and um focused on uh, focused on the wrong thing. So he's making these mistakes. So it's it's an origin story without being an origin story, if that makes sense. Like we're still we're not seeing like the birth of Batman. Where, where he's very much starting the career, but we're seeing, like, the beginning of him becoming what Batman should be. Vengeance. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, uh, so so we go through, like, this character arc of, like, this is, this is how Batman started, but 
he's doing it for the wrong reasons and we're seeing him grow into what Batman should be. Yeah, like he's only like, what, two years into it. Like, you can tell he's gotten the Batman part right. He just doesn't have the balance right. Yeah. Oh, actually, that reminds me. That was another funny moment of he drives, uh, I think it's a bike, down some stairs, round a corner, and then just drives through a subway tunnel for a bit and then finds the Batcave. But there's no... There's nothing stopping just some rando just walking in the wrong direction and just walking into the back cave. <laughs> yeah, you're like, yeah, what you're the right. fuck? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell is this place? <laughs> um, also, really liked the Batmobile design and really liked the Penguin. Penguin, mm. Penguin yeah, was Penguin, so good. Yep, yeah. Penguin was the best part of that. Yeah, I also liked. The, I also liked Gordon. Gordon was pretty good in this movie. He seemed very much a '90s buddy cop. Don't worry, he's with me. Um, <laughs> yeah. That guy in the bad suit, he's with me. Let him in. <laughs> yeah. Now to get Every- you out of here, you're gonna punch me in the face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he just fucking wails on him. Like, yeah, he just you could have held back. Drops him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, like, was, that minutes- was a good interaction, yeah. actually. And then ten minutes later, he's got the fucking bat signal on. But no, it's yeah. it's because of that buddy cop dynamic that I like Gordon in this. Like, you need someone <laughs> to play off Batman when Batman's this broody. But they could have just like left him being broody. It just seemed like Gordon was just sort of asking a question all the time, and Batman's like, "Yeah, um, yeah, I don't yeah know, or, maybe I'm just sort or, of or, or, or he doesn't say anything, and he just he just walks around in a giant latex bat suit, just walking around a crime scene silently. You're like making that this fucking is... squeaking noise. <laughs> yeah, you're like this is uh, this yeah. is different. <laughs> also, uh, the beatdowns in this movie are brutal when they happen. Oh, they are. Yeah. Agreed. Oh no, yeah, but uh, how good, how good, and it's like the in the fight scenes as well. It's good to see like Batman actually getting like sort of hit. Yeah, he's not perfect, like he, so he's still taking yeah. he's still taking licks himself. But like, yeah, which is I really enjoy that. That's yeah, good. that car chase scene is shit, but oh, you take that back. I love that car chase scene. Uh, it was like pretty good, but it just went for like a little bit too long, and that, then it's like yeah, right, that's well, what I was going to say. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoy it. It just went for a little bit too long for what it does because it's like, what's the point? He. He's, dr- he's racing after someone and he catches them. You're like, yeah, it's interesting because they do, you know, cool things with it for a bit. And then it's like, all right, we're sitting, you know, so like checking your watch, like, yep, still chasing, huh? And then like yeah, some some big set pieces happen. You're like, okay, that was, yep, still still chasing. Cool, cool. And then he chases them anyway. And you're like, well, that that was a given. <laughs> um, Yeah, overall though, I, I enjoyed it. I, I Yeah, I, I like what it's doing. I can see why people are enjoying this as a change. Um, I didn't see the previous one with um, uh, Ben, ben Affleck. Affleck. Yeah, you don't I, need I to. This one. is a whole new take on Batman. Yeah, exactly. It's a better but, movie, but uh, but I I still have a special place in my heart from the Christopher Nolan trilogy. I don't know if I want this to be any better than that, but it's doing something different, so I can appreciate that. Yeah, exactly. I'd I'd put this up there with the Nolan movies, honestly. Like, I don't think it beat out The Dark Knight, but. It's probably better than the first one for me. Batman Begins? Yeah, Batman Begins. Fair enough. Uh, final mm. thoughts, Steve. As I realize we've now smashed the 15-minute mark. Oh, fantastic. Um, I didn't like it. Um, <laughs> I, final I paid... thoughts, it's shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't, risk, it wasn't, wasn't worth the risk of COVID to go see it in the cinemas. Oh, the cinema's pretty dead. It wasn't worth the fucking money. It right, didn't, got it didn't cheap, feel like Batman 0 out of 10. Yeah. Oh, it just doesn't feel like was, was the popcorn uh, it, good at least? I didn't get popcorn on movies. What, what do you think I am made out of money? Get out of here. Oh, um, final, final question. Final question. And then, and then we're just moving on regardless. Um, did you, did, did you laugh or not laugh when Batman crashes? I laughed. That was so fucking funny. I love that. That, that so was much. so good. 
That was the best my, my brother actually went for a bathroom break just before that, and he missed that bit. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I, I did one of those, like, ha, in the movies, and, like, the people in front of me, like, looked at me, and I'm like, oh, sorry. That was funny. <laughs> that, that was good. That was a good bit. <laughs> Why didn't you laugh, too? Mm. Yeah, I, I, I laughed a bit too much in that movie, especially in the serious scenes. But. Fair enough. And with that, we come to the end of the Batman chat. Uh, thank you both. And with, actually, <laughs> with that, which I already just said, cool. Uh, we are at the end of Round the Lounge this week. Thank you to both of you. And actually, that brings us to the end of part one for this week, which leads us into part two, which is the news. And the crown jewel of the news this week will be the Monster Hunter Sunbreak news, which we will get into at the end. First up, uh, we actually mistakenly discussed this earlier in the podcast. Oops. Uh, the Elden Ring update. You can just Flick back a few minutes and listen to Seth talk about Elden Ring, and we actually discussed the update there. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, next up on the list, we have a kind of funny, kind of sad, depending on how you look at it, story of someone using or misappropriating some COVID-19 funds uh, to buy a Charizard Pokemon card. Um, probably not a huge amount that we need to add. I just found it very funny and wanted to share it with the world. Uh, that's, where... that's a very stupid uh, way to spend that much money when it's for COVID pandemic funds. Absolutely. So one man uh, in Georgia, I'm not going to either try and pronounce his name or give him the, the attention uh, that he probably wants, uh, fraudulently obtained uh, some COVID relief funds and purchased a Charizard card for $57,789. He is now in prison. <laughs> that's sort of the only, that's the only arc to the story that matters. I imagine it's for the fraud, but I'd like to think it's because he bought the Charizard card. I'd, I'd like to think that he was punished for making poor choices, yeah. Uh, he, he will have to return, so yeah. So, it, he got a, um, he got $85,000, um, I assume as part of some COVID relief fund, uh, yeah, to, to, like, help, help his business through the pandemic, you know, everyone's been doing it rough, uh, and then decided to use, uh, $57,000 of that on a Pokemon card, uh, GG. <laughs> Enjoy prison. Um, that's probably all we need to say about that. He has to return the $85,000 loan and on top of that pay a $10,000 fine. And forfeit the Pokemon card. Yeah. <laughs> he gets, he gets nothing. Good day, sir. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe better luck next time, big fella. Try yeah. your next scheme. Did any of you guys collect anything during the pandemic? Any cards? Any weird hobbies? Any pet rocks? I... Oh, yeah, yeah, good chat. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm just I trying bought, to think. I bought a couple of starter decks and the first set for Cardfight Vanguard's new release, but then uh, I didn't have the money to continue that. Fair enough. I don't think I... I mean, I, I picked up new hobbies, sure, in that, um, you know, got into some more, like, self-learning, made some better lifestyle choices, you know, the usual um, mid-pandemic shiz, but uh, I didn't. I don't think I started collecting anything, uh, particularly nothing that's got multiple thousand dollar price tags attached. Um, yeah, it's a no from me, dog. Yeah, no, pandemic time was actually very fruitful for me because I was doing all my uni stuff in the middle of the pandemic. I, I feel like you're asking that because you want to be asked, Steve. What, what did you get into during the pandemic? Absolutely fucking nothing. I'll tell you that much for free. <laughs> okay. I completely played, misread that. Never I mind. I did work. I went, I played video games. I went for a run. That was it. Living the dream, right? Absolutely. I think I'm anyway. getting a bit tired of these social events, actually. I think it's time for another lockdown. I wouldn't do, like, two weeks would be all right, actually. <laughs> two weeks and it'll be over. Yeah. yeah. So, if it, yeah, two weeks out of two-year lockdown, right? So, big COVID, if you're listening, um, I knew you just dropped the Sponsorship, new Sponsorship, hook us up. 
Um, yeah, the new variant just dropped. They wake up. <laughs> I swear to God, if we wake up tomorrow to news of a new variant, I'm blaming you. Well, sorry. Well, <laughs> is there a new variant, Pat? You're two years in the future. Soon to be three years, but daylight savings ending soon. I feel like you mean hours, but I'll take the years. That's um, what I meant. There, 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 there is Sigma COVID running around. Ah, uh, the On Sigma grind COVID set. grind set. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, just nothing but grind. Um, of course, COVID's grind is to kill humanity. So not the sort of grind we, we want, but yeah. Tis the reality we have. Anyway, next up on the list, we have an absolute mad lad. Um, this is just an, a Reddit article. I don't know if there's any further sources, but someone has taken some Joy-Cons, a 3D printed adapter, and a Galaxy Z Flip. And they have made a Z Flip DS by running an emulator on the phone. And it's beautiful. I want it's, one. It's so good. Because, because I have a Z Flip coming in, I want to do this immediately i just need to get the 3d printed uh, um adapter but they said in the comments for um for this uh, reddit thread is that if the controllers just hook up really easily through bluetooth so there's no actual problem with uh, controller connection as long as um you can bluetooth them they'll work fine on this emulator and the question is will there be joy-con drift god there's yes. always joy-con drift yeah like there's <laughs> the pipe shit in the woods <laughs> Yeah, that looks pretty. It does look pretty cool. Um, there are a couple of DS games that I probably want to go back and play. And also, in the screenshot, he's playing a, a Gen Five Pokemon game. It looks like so. Once yeah, again, you're reminded how good Gen Five is. Gen Five's such a good Gen. Yeah, and wow, thank, Josh isn't here to refute. Yeah, thank God. Thank God, all three of us are in agreement. And there is no dissent. <laughs> <laughs> there are no Josh takes about Gen Five this week. Not in God's house, there aren't. Um, cool. Uh, yeah, I. I don't know if it's going to be much more than a passing fancy on Reddit, but thank you to you, kind sir, for sharing that with the world, because what a fantastic... See, that that right there is the use of a hobby during lockdown. What's... Hang on. Can uh, Seth play the bell? I think it's Kickstarter time. Uh, bell noise here. <laughs> hey, Jamie, pull that shit up. <laughs> what, what did you find? Wait, wait, wait. Sorry. Uh, let me do it properly. Uh, coming to you live this week, uh, straight into the Fast Travel Lounge news desk. Uh, we're going to cross live to Steve at Kickstarter.com. Steve, what do you got? The, what have you? Fuck. What's the latest? Um, I just opened the tab, so I'm just looking. <laughs> I, I don't know. I crossed. I did the bit too early. Sorry. I think you did. <laughs> I, I really thought you had something. Um, yeah, I thought you, you, you had something. I meant, I meant, I meant, I meant conducting um, headphones. <laughs> Kickstarter bit, as in like it's time for Stephen to look and find a Kickstarter bit. Man, maybe just cut this out, Seth. But but you say it mid-recording, so we think you have a bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Coming yeah. to you live. <laughs> yeah, I'll be honest with you. I didn't think this through. Okay. Well, don't worry. Uh, here to fish you out, as always, is Pat. Pat, what's the next news story? Well, thanks, Pat. Next up on the news, we have a Babylon's Fall survey going out. Babylon's Fall might be remembered for such bangers as no one played this and oh shit this game actually released um which uh i am yeah. getting the steam database charts right now for that game uh 24 <laughs> hour peak is 384 wait wait wait, 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 wait. Uh, edge, uh breaking news coming into the the, the fast travel lounge news desk uh, we're gonna cross live to to seth with some steam database charts seth what's the latest babylon's fall all-time peak was 1166 players the last 24 <laughs> oh, hours God. was 384 Jesus. the last five minutes oh, was no. 151 that's some that's some nick all-star brawl tier shit fucking hell that's so bad that's awful oh no um so 
probably quite rightly. Um, this is Square Enix, yeah? Square Enix and uh, Platinum Games. Not sure which yeah. one of these uh, released a survey. Yeah, but they they would really like to know um, how to get people to play the game that they spent a lot of time and money making. Um, and so they are surveying hopefully more than the 1,000 people that have played it. Oh, I took, I, a look at, I took a look at the uh, survey. I didn't fill it in because I haven't actually looked into the game all that much. But there are options of, no, I didn't play the game. Okay, well, there we go. Um, but they, they're basically, you know, let's give them benefit of the doubt. They're, they're looking for ways to improve the game so that people will be more inclined to play it. Um, fair enough. Admirable. Um, hopefully it goes well. If, if you, I don't know, are feeling particularly kind. Well, first of all, if you've played Babylon's Fall, congratulations. You're on an endangered species list. Um, second of all, if you, um enjoyed the game you should fill the survey out but more importantly if you didn't enjoy the game you should really fill the survey out because i i do think we should encourage game developers when something doesn't go right if they want to survey player bases i do think we should reward them for that so it's it's probably quite an admission of defeat for for a publisher to come out and, and want to publish a survey on the back of what's basically been a failure so Hopefully this the survey actually does lead to some meaningful change. I think they're going to do multiple surveys as well because this specific survey just focuses on the graphics and art style of the game. So nothing gameplay related. So there might be another one coming down the line for that and see why what our player impression is on the gameplay. But for now, they're just asking specifically about the graphics. Mm. I, I they, like, it, uh, going so into Going into character models as well, like, do you like the character models? If not, why? <laughs> which in some ways is stuff that you think would have been ironed out before the game released but anyway uh th this uh was news that was brought to us by a tweet from uh at babylon's fall en uh which is funny because on the twitter post under relevant people next to it is just babylon's fall um you know at babylon's fall en where the profile is experience thrilling combat in at square enix and at platinum games uh platinum games inc's new looter hack and slash Babylon's Fall, available now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> have have fun uh, have fun joining Nickelodeon All Star Brawl on the graveyard of Steam. <laughs> hey, Nickelodeon All Star Brawl is getting um, some showing at Evo, isn't it? It's getting higher. It's true. It's every, doing better than Babylon's Fall. <laughs> every time Square Enix releases a banger, they also release a fucking failure like this. <laughs> the duality of it. It's... Yeah, behold, the duality of man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The yin and the yang, right? Yeah, For every good game, the there must be an equally shit game. It's true. it's true. I believe Sun Tzu said that in The Art yeah. of War. <laughs> anyway... Um, uh, right, so that that gets the uh, the small pieces out of the way. Uh, now we got now we got mm, now we got the the big boy, the the piece we've all been waiting for. I've been super pumped for this. Uh, we had a twenty minute long um, Capcom YouTube video talking all about Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak news, and we've got a few cliff notes that we want to go through. Uh, first of all, have we all seen it? It was required reading for this week. Hopefully, we all did our homework. I did. Uh, Steve, uh, I left it in my other pants. My oh. dog ate my homework. Uh, my grandma just died. What, what excuse can I pull out of the bag that you'll believe? You were too busy making a shit pun to watch the twenty-minute video. Uh, the footy was on. That's it. That's what I'm going for. Footy was on. <laughs> but speaking of the footy, Steve, who's playing? Uh, it's the Storm versus the Bunnies. No one cares, Steve. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no one fucking cares. Wow. Panthers, Panthers play tomorrow um, six against the Dragons. That's all that matters. <laughs> I will look forward to your update next week on that. Anyway, so in this 20-minute video, um, 
I don't know the best way to do that. Uh, I've got some rough bullet points, which maybe we can talk through. I don't know that we're going to want to expand on all of these points, uh, but I think it is worth discussing them at least. Uh, so the main thing is that it's been given an announce uh, a release date, 30th of June this year. So we have uh, three months. Yeah, three basically three months dead. Uh, yep. with which it will be on its way out. Have uh, you pre-ordered it already? Not yet, because I am not at home. <laughs> so That is a fair point. Wait, you, yeah. if you're getting it on Steam, you could do it through your mobile phone. Yeah, I could, I could. I realize, as I said it, that not being at home is a weak excuse, and it is 2022. Um, yeah, I will be, I will be pre-ordering it soon. Um, how much soon. is it? How much is the expansion? Is it expansion prices or what's the deal there? Uh, let me I double check. I don't know what the price is. So you're just going to start, what if it's like $80, like Dragon Ball Breakers? I'd do it. Uh, if I'm buying Dragon Ball the Breakers for $80, breakers. I'm definitely getting Monster Hunter Rise for $80. Because in my mind, um, so, Monster Hunter so Iceborne. The expansion by itself is $56.99 Australian, but if you go for the deluxe edition, it's $72.86. Yeah, hmm. and I believe Iceborne was like 80 to 90. Might have even been higher at launch. It might have uh, been 100 was... for the deluxe edition. Yeah, and that was absolutely worth it. So I'd be willing to pay anything up to that. So the fact that it seems relatively cheap uh, is even better news for me. I can spend the, the money difference on huffing a, a slight one or two millimeter, uh, milliliters of gas at uh, those prices. Um, anyway, so yes, so we, we have confirmation that it's going to be released June 30th. Looking forward to that. Uh, it'll come with, as Seth just said, a deluxe edition uh, available where that will give you um, uh, access to some layered armor and hairstyles. Uh, that's basically it for the deluxe edition, I think. Uh, there's a few things. Let me quickly pull it up. I was just going to leave it for um, when they explain it in the thing, but I might as well do it now. Uh, you get a you get a layered armor for the dog, which turns it into a Shiba Inu. You get uh, no, a... no, so that that that's the pre-order bonus. <laughs> oh, right, it is too. Uh, this is this is a different dog layered armor. It says loyal dog <laughs> costume. Uh, this it also gives you a striped cat costume for the palico. Uh, Meow. Doo -doo -doo -doo. And gives it gives the player character a couple of armor layered armor sets. Uh, some gestures and some makeup yeah, and hairstyles. The... The usual sort of cosmetic level stuff. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that'll be interesting. I'm not sure I'm going to get the deluxe edition, but, you know, that's I available. will, because the layered armor set you get for the uh, the player character looks really good. It, it is enough. It is right up my alley. I'll have to go back and double check that myself. Uh, they've also announced some amiibos, which, man, I don't normally get into amiibos, but the layered armor, the formal dragon set that comes with the, the that comes as layered armor with the amiibo, looks so good i need a way to get that in the pc version yeah 100 percent. it looks amazing does uh, it do anything does it have good stats no no it's it's just layered armor it's just yeah layered, oh, layered, layered armor, armor. Okay. Yeah, layered yeah. armor is Those just is cosmetic yeah. yeah that's right i always forget so all of the stats will be on the actual armor the layered armor is just how you appear um but man it looks so good uh what else couple laundry list points um, so, as part of when it comes out on June 30th, they're releasing a 13 gigabyte title update. And that is for people, whether or not they've pre-ordered Sunbreak, which probably won't be a big deal for people playing on Steam, but for people that haven't bought any kind of expansion for Switch, that's going to be a big hit to the to, to storage um, yep. storage devices. <laughs> they, they had to put in, make sure you have space for this update specifically for the Switch people, because 13 gigabytes isn't that bad on PC. Yeah. But uh, when you take... 13... 
That'll fill up the, the switch. How, how much internal space does the switch have again? 28 or 32? Yeah. I think it's 32, but you have 28 available to use. Yeah, and plus, if you've right. actually got like a digital copy of Rise, that's yeah. it. That's all you got. Enjoy your yeah. games, big fellas. Fucking hell. So, I mean, it's not too bad to get an SD card to expand the storage, but it's still not ideal. Uh, so that's a bit meh. Um, anyway, uh, what else do we have? We have, uh, oh yeah, so as part of that, they're also giving you a few rewards as like, I guess, <laughs> sorry in advance for making you download 13 gigs. Um, some character edit vouchers. Uh, some in-game items, bits and pieces. Um, the uh, interesting thing, which I found, this one I do want to get your guys' opinion on. Um, they, uh, until tomorrow, weirdly enough, so it probably doesn't even matter to people listening to this when this comes out, uh, but they are offering a trial of Monster Hunter Rise available to Nintendo Switch online members only. And that just sounds weird to me. Why would a demo be behind a Nintendo Switch Online membership? Probably for the uh, multiplayer aspects. Surely you can just take the the multiplayer aspect out of it then. Like it's just, that's strange. Yeah, I imagine it's uh, it's to push people to try to multiplayer. It definitely it definitely struck me as strange. Uh, and then also having it time gated until tomorrow. <laughs> like tomorrow, you can no longer play the free trial of a game that you might be paying sixty dollars for. Mm. Uh, anyway, it was just sort of odd to me. Uh, I'm glad that I wasn't the only one. It sounds like it's also odd to you too. Um, they are also, as part of this big announcement that they did, uh, Monster Hunter Rise is uh, on sale. Uh, the idea being that you do the trial and then go, actually, this is really fun, and then buy the full game at a reduced price. But of course, you need to be a Nintendo Switch Online member for that. So I don't know. I mean, it seems kind of like a weird one-two punch from them on that um and t- so that that's kind of around what's going to happen when it comes out uh the next thing i want to talk about is just a couple of quick things that they talked about uh as to what sunbreak is itself so sunbreak much like iceborne is end game dlc it adds the master rank which few thank you everyone got to high rank very quickly and then sort of hit the ceiling of okay this is high rank we want more uh, master rank is its own tier, so it would be low rank, high rank, master rank. It feels like you hit high rank much faster in this than you did in Worlds. Like, even hitting the ceiling yeah. was much yeah. faster than what you did in World. Definitely agree. Uh, and so that means as part of it, which is why I'm kind of glad that I know about this now, uh, there's no point grinding for extra armor sets and weapon sets. Well, maybe weapons, but there's no point grinding for armor sets because you're going to turf them all out and start again when you hit master rank anyway. Uh, and that uh, And to activate in air quotes, it's the Sunbreak DLC, you need to fight Thunder Serpent Nawa, which is the kind of the, the hidden final boss of, of Monster Hunter Rise, but I think most people would have hit that organically just by playing the game. Uh, certainly not too much of a wall that would stop you. Um, the is that, that the I... multiplayer one? It's the one in the guild. Yeah, okay, so yeah, that's the multiplayer one. Yeah, I mean, you, you can do it solo. It's not yeah, yeah, that, too I, difficult. But I mean, like... It, they they have the uh, solo missions and then they have like the guild which is multiplayer missions that yeah, are yeah. but so um, the, you can is, still take them solo. The yes, you yeah. can. Yeah. Um and so once you do Nawa, uh you will meet uh shoot, I had her name down. Yeah, Dame uh, uh Fearain. Uh, you'll meet Dame Fearain who will take you on a magical boat to an entirely new location. This one I wanted to get your take on Seth. Um because, Steve, I, t- I know I keep asking you this, but you've played Monster Hunter sparingly and you haven't played much Rise. Is that... I have not that... played a single thing 
Oh, I played World. I did not play Rise. Yeah, yeah, cool. I was right. So, so we'll um, get your opinion when World Two is announced. <laughs> yeah. Well, if they if they if they do do a really, uh, I don't know. From what you guys have said about it before, it just seems like we've got Monster Hunter World at home. Yeah. No, no, no that's what we're saying. World World Two. No, no, no. I'm like, sorry. I mean, like Rise seems like you've got Monster Hunter World at home. So kind it's- of. Yeah. It it feels like Monster Hunter World, but um, they they had to drastically cut back for the switch hardware yeah so realistically i probably will be waiting until world two yeah that's, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, i said no, at the beginning yeah, yeah yeah no yeah and i i just sort of <laughs> wanted to see if i'd actually would get um rise because well it's cheap and the, and, yeah. and there's a trial you could you could play the trial right now <laughs> you have until tomorrow yeah, yeah, yeah. until tomorrow um, Speed run anyway, 90%. So, so you will go to a new location and this is this is what i found interesting is that um seth from the video this looks to be a much more vertical town and I find that interesting because in World, it was a very vertical town. And I think it suits Monster Hunter quite well that it is vertical. But Yeah, you had all the it, different layers for different, yeah, different things. But, but it raises the question of why the, of why the town in regular Monster Hunter Rise is so flat when we have the wire bug mechanic. Because I think it's going to be excellent zipping up and down a very vertically focused town in Sunbreak. But it made me question why it is that they made it so flat and... Um, I don't know, unassuming in, in the base game. Any thoughts? I, I think it was to go with the theming of like, this is a Japanese village, so it's all very flat ground and everything, which is why this is such a drastic departure because this is more um, European castle setting now. So that gives it an excuse to go for the more vertical theme. Uh, more Sorry, layouts. Yeah, I guess. And yeah, Kimura Village is supposed to feel like a small group of hunters are living together and just making life work my my i guess my big concern is that uh in iceborne the village of seliana and the village of estera were still kind of equally fun to explore they they both had parts that were just interesting to go and do i feel like and i i hope this, i'm wrong that, sorry I, I gotta cut you off for a second but this is actually yeah. rise and world are actually kind of the reverse of each other because uh in worlds it uh estera was the uh tall vertical one and then seliana was the more uh flat one it, it had some fun things to find in there but it was much more flat than um the world hub was and the most fun thing about that was that that's the second hub world uh, had that spa you could go into with the other players. While- yeah, yeah I, I, I agree with all that. But uh, Rise sells itself on its mobility. So it still seems yeah. like it's going to... like What I think might happen is that they're going to release this new location, which I think I noted the name of it down. Uh, maybe not. Um, a new location. Uh, oh, no, Elgato. Elgato yes. Outpost. Um, and that in Elgato, I feel like it's going to be so much more fun to move around within that people aren't just going to, that people are just, they're going to be less likely to go back to Kimura Village than in World going back to Astera. That, that's yeah. the point that I was going to make. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Which is a shame, but I think that's sort of a, a consequence of if they make the new location so sick that, that people are just going to want to be in the new location. Fair enough. Um, other new things interest, uh, that are interesting and worth talking about. Um, I really like Bahari. He's uh, he's uh, introduced as uh, a Wyverian scientist who's oblivious to the world around him, which makes me think 
it's going to give very big handler from world vibes, and we're going to have to rescue him from something. He's not as good as the handler, so I don't care. <laughs> Let him <laughs> die. <laughs> Tell us what you really feel. He's not as good as the handler, so I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that is probably how he really feels. Um, the uh, other interesting things, this is kind of uh, in tandem with each other. We have... Um, a new location which looks super interesting called the citadel where it's it seems to be a hybrid area because most monster hunter rise locales are about doing one thing and expanding that one thing into an entire area but they marketed the citadel as a place that has elements of like a city because it's like an abandoned citadel um forest type areas as well as ice and and mountainous areas so it almost gives uh, like um, snowy mountain vibes from Monster Hunter Two. Yeah. Um, so did did Iceborne add more than one map? Because I can't remember if it did. No, Hoarfrost Reach was the only thing it added. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because I was going to say if it, this feels like this is like just the one map they're going to add, so they wanted to get as much out of it as they could. But I was kind of getting the impression that it was that. What was that other thing they added in Iceborne that was like, you go in there and just um, explore as much as you want until you leave the area? And it had the different research levels associated with it. And oh, the, the Guiding Lands. Yeah, the Guiding Lands. That's the one. I was getting the impression that this was like their version of the Guiding Lands for Rise. Oh, that would be interesting. I feel like the locale... If they're marketing it as a locale, though, they're marketing it like Hoarfrost Reach. I don't think they're yeah. doing anything like Guiding Lands. Yeah, you're probably right. It's just, as I was watching this, that was the impression I got. Yeah, but yeah, you're, yeah. you're probably right. Yeah, although I, now, now that you mention it, I do really like... I, I really liked the idea of the Guiding Lands and taking it back a step further, Monster Hunter 4 doing the um, uh, guild expeditions, where it's just a little bit of RNG uh, into some endgame content that just cycles itself over. Hmm, excellent. Hopefully they do do something like that. They didn't announce it, but it's not to say that it's not coming. Uh, the other th so in tandem with the new location are some new monsters that you can find in that new uh, new location. The main three being the three lords, which uh, play a role in the story of Sunbreak, where we have uh, Garangolm, who looks like a Congolala with battle armor on, and I am all about it. A what? Sorry. Uh, Congolala. He is a fanged beast from earlier Monster Hunter games. Big pink monkey. Likes uh, burping mushrooms and throwing shit at you. Kangalana. Kong Congo Conga Lala. Conga Lala. Yeah. Oh. Whack that in your search history. That's a baboon. It's spelled with a it C. Is. Everybody at home. It's a C, not a K. <laughs> Man, don't that's, do it, um, Steve. Um, the, the second Google image resulted is him pooping out something. Yeah, that that's 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 him. That's that's the guy. Oh, okay, um, never so mind. Yeah, Sorry, Garen play on. Garen Garengolm uh Gar Garengolm looks a lot like a Kongolala or something of that family uh with battle armor on uh looks to be a very interesting fight uh, yeah it looks like and... a mix between a kind of like a um barrier and a um at a god what's the name uh Rajan uh... Ooh. okay I was thinking more uh Goss Harag vibes with the weapons on each arm yeah that too um, but yeah, so that, that looks to be an interesting fight. We have, uh, Lunagaran, which is the Ice Zenoga, um, which is also kind of Baryoth in terms of style. That looks awesome and 
real annoying. <laughs> yeah, when it gets up on its hind legs and starts slashing around, I'm like, that's going to be a pain to deal with. Yeah, he's going to roar. It even gonna, has gonna, a little low back. kick. Yeah, and he's he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna yell, "Catch these hands!" And he's just gonna start swinging. <laughs> um, but and, that looks to be an interesting fight. And spoiler uh, and, alert: I will catch all of the hands and properly carts. <laughs> yeah, but the 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 big the the big boy, the one that I am so keen for, uh, Malzino, which annoyingly on the name makes it sound like Malfestio, which is not much of a threat. <laughs> but Mel Malzino, oh man. Looks like a dragon that just drains the life force of its enemies. Yeah. Um, I'm also looking at Estalos at the moment, and that small teaser for Estalos was very cool. Yeah. So um, that those, those were two other monsters that were announced. So we've got uh, Astalos making a return, which means that uh, Gamoth is the only thing that won't be in Rise, because Glavinus is in Rise, I believe. Unless I've been playing too much of a previous Monster Hunter game. I'm pretty sure Glavinus is in Rise. Uh, Glavinus was in, um, World. I don't know if it's in Rise. Okay, maybe it was Rise, that, um, World that I was playing more recently then. Um, but yes, so, uh, Astalos, another one of the, um, big four from Monster Hunter 4 making a comeback, which is awesome. Uh, Astalos is a super sick monster. I am kind of holding out hope that they bring Seregios back, but I don't think they will. Um, that's just a pet favorite of mine. Uh, but we also have a variant confirmed, the Blood Orange Bashatan, which just looks... <laughs> looks fucking epic. Also looks also looks super <laughs> annoying because I will catch all of the bombs it throws. <laughs> yeah. All the uh, what? Sorry, bombs, bombs, bombs. Yeah. So B- yes, B O M B S. But Bishatin is is known as a monkey that stands on. It's kind of like an apom. It's got like a hand for a tail. Yeah, think Monster Hunter apom. Yeah, and it'll just it'll just lob fruit at you. Uh, and then the the nice people at Capcom thought. What if it was uh, bombs instead of fruit? And what if the Bishatan was on fire? And now we have Blood Orange Bishatan. <laughs> but that looks to be an interesting fight. I'm looking. Forward I think to that'll that be too. an interesting one because Bishatan is kind of a pushover. It is a bit. Uh, I I like to. I've saw someone that correlated it with um, Pookie Pookie, the the Coral Pookie Pookie variant that got announced in Iceborne, and how Pookie Pookie is a pushover, but Coral Pookie Pookie generally fine. But it'll just have moments where it'll just beat the shit out of you and there's nothing you can do. Yeah, definitely. And I can see that happening with this. And I can see that happening with this too. Uh, The other thing we're talking about is that we have a few new mechanics being introduced. They tease some wirebug attacks, but most of the wirebug attacks are for weapons that I don't normally use. So I don't actually know which ones were new and which ones they were just showcasing. We saw some cool ones like um, a really cool jump to the monster and just slice and dice with door blades uh yeah that looks new because it was more of a drill attack towards it rather than like a jump or attach to it yes because the Uh, one that's currently in there i believe it has you uh roll down the spine of the um monster which is a move i've always loved it when i saw it in world but this is more like you turn into a drill and just dive towards the monster yep and there's also the, um, they did it a few times, using a bow gun to shoot through like a little area and it looks like it amplifies the bullets. Yeah, uh, which... yeah. That'll, that'll be interesting, but kind of standard. Yeah, I, I don't really use bow guns, but if it's new and if it's good, cool. Maybe I'll pick one up. Um, the one that I was more interested in though is that Iceborne introduced an entire new clutch claw mechanic and I feel like they teased something slightly similar to that 
where they showed someone uh, shoving a Tigrex into a wall using a wirebug attack. Did you see that, Seth? Yeah, I saw that, and I was thinking maybe it's something specific to the Switch Axe because that's the weapon that they had equipped when they were showing that clip. And True. We, we were talking a little bit off uh, mic, but, um, well, off recording, but I got... When you say clutch claw, I get the impression like you latch onto it and like weaken that part. This seems more like you grab onto it and make it ricochet to where you you want it to go. Yeah, yeah. The the clutch claw mechanic was a fantastic addition in Iceborne. Uh, so I guess I'm kind of like, would, would you like to see a mechanic, not necessarily clutch claw, but a new um, mechanic in that sense introduced in Sunbreak? Yeah, I think it'd be pretty fun to try and do something like the Clutch Claw again. Like, it was a lot of fun in Iceborne. Uh, there were a lot of funny moments with it. Uh, making making other monsters run into each other using the Clutch Claw was a lot of fun. True, uh, and it's it's also worth noting that uh, Clutch Claw, even though it was a mechanic introduced in Iceborne, it's a mechanic uh, introduced um, to everyone. Like, regardless of if you had Iceborne or not, it was part of the title update. So... Uh, it's not like a DLC mechanic specifically, which I think is also worth highlighting because it's, it's good that it works like that. Yeah, and I think this wirebug thing will be the same. Like, you're getting that 13 yeah. gigabyte update. I think all of those mechanics will be available to everyone. It's just the new map won't be. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Uh, and so because it's behind the seven-star takeout Thunder Serpent Nawa quest, they've also announced that they are making it easier for people to get there through the addition of uh some weapons which i think uh they were always available they they're just now given to you as opposed to you having to make them or just because i recognize the defender the defender weapons from world maybe that's just something else from world that i'm consciously um i think yeah i think you're just consciously thinking of world again because when iceborne was coming out world did the exact same thing of hey here's this defender armor set which will just carry you through uh all of world so you can get ready for iceborne right away Fair enough, and if it helps people get ready for Sunbreak slash Iceborne, more power to them. Uh, we also have, um, you know, some other stuff, uh, like, yeah, there's a couple new armor sets, a talisman, uh, some other stuff that just sort of helps you get uh, towards Sunbreak faster than, than otherwise, which I think is is good that they've got a little pick-me-up there. Um, final thing that I want to say about it is that uh, they were adding some new uh, events and content being released until March 25th for the base game, and they've also promised to do uh, some title updates after the release of Sunbreak, which I think is good on both sides, uh, in that we've got a little bit of continued support, probably to see how things shake out once Sunbreak comes out, which is good, uh, as well as still showing some TLC towards the base game with, you know, as I say, event quests and content, which of course will only be high rank, but... I think their their intention is that you play through this in preparation for Sunbreak, but I feel like a lot of people will just wait for Sunbreak, get master rank gear, and then go back and clear all the all the the high rank quests. Yeah, that usually happens, especially since event quests stay in this game, unlike World where they rotate it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah I and fucking I... hated that. Oh shit! <laughs> it's yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one it's liked to, it. It's it's good, it's, it's yeah, good, good to have them it. all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's that's about it. Uh, I'm super looking forward to this. Uh. As you heard, I have not pre-ordered it yet, but I will be, you know, in in the near future uh, and look forward to playing it. Seth, what about you? Yeah, this is, uh, so Stranger of Paradise comes out tomorrow, so that's where my pay is going. But uh, the next <laughs> next pay is um, is uh, pre-ordering this ready for when it comes out. I'm telling you, big Fair fella, enough. you're going to have to go to cash converters, get like a 20% <laughs> loan. 
and then you're on easy street. When he- Bro, just 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 sell the sell the gas, not even in your car, in your neighbor's car. Easy hundred bucks. The trick is if you take five liters from four cars, they won't know the difference. <laughs> true. <laughs> true. I just got to make uh, it doesn't even matter that if I mix the 98 with the 91s. Who cares if you're reselling it? It's fine. And make sure you use your neighbor's garden hose. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, all your I'll, plants I'll get my brother to suck out for the hose as well. So it's not me <laughs> doing it. True. True. It's not going to suck itself. <laughs> but yeah, that that's a. Um, Bit of a bit of a long long lingering on a uh, on a news topic, uh, but I I'm a super big Monster Hunter nerd, so I really wanted to talk about that. So thank you both for indulging me. That is perfectly fine. I also I I'm not as big as a Monster Hunter nerd as you are, but I do enjoy these games a lot. So I was happy to sit through it and like just give my impression every now and then. <laughs> um, and I play Monster Hunter every five years. So when I eventually huh. get well too, we can have a good chat about it. Oh, I get we we absolutely well, world will. two can be its own video. <laughs> uh, but that brings us to the end of the news section for this week, uh, which takes us nicely into the audience question for this week, where we have what's this? Ash Ketchum himself writing in asking, "Hey Kings, big fan of the pod. Thanks, Ash. Hope the hope the grind's going well, buddy." Uh, what would champion a of TC- the Alola League, I hear. <laughs> yeah. He made it. He made it. My boy made Miss, it. M- Mr. Ketchum. <laughs> what, what would you call him? Champ? No, Ma- Master Ketchum. Master Ketchum? No, I, I don't think don't. he made it to Master Rank. Ugh. Needs to wait for the Sunbreak DLC. Uh, but anyway, he asks, what would a Pokemon TCG anime look like? Steve, your initial thoughts. I think it would be like the Yu-Gi-Oh! anime with the dual yeah. discs. Yeah. That's exactly but, what I was... Th- yeah. But instead yeah, of the same, cards, same they, just, they put like a Pokeball on it and it comes out. Fuck, that'd be so sick. I, I imagine it's more towards the Duelist Kingdom era than it is the uh the Battle City era. Oh, so they're playing on those weird uh, platform things. That could be Yeah, and cool. they they could be like out adventuring across the world and like they have different field bonuses or whatever is in the Pokemon TCG. But what if they I, had I was those... thinking it would be kind of weird if uh like in like in Yu-Gi-Oh, right like it's not like the the world that Yu-Gi-Oh exists in is full of dual monsters right so it's funny that pokemon itself is a world where you know they, it's it's a world oh. inhabited by creatures called pokemon but a tcg anime in that style would be that pokemon only exist for as long as as long as their cards are on the um on the battlefield no no and the then- way i'd imagine it is um yeah yeah basically that but i'd imagine it like um, so it's in a normal world that doesn't have Pokemon, but they have yeah. the Pokemon TCG as their main thing. But every time a Pokemon, uh, TCG battle is happening, you see the Pokemon come up like that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so no, then, you know, like, I don't, Ash I don't see it like at- that at all. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Go, no. go on, Steve. No, I think it's like a parallel type of thing. Like there's Pokemon walking around and stuff, but, but they also exist as cards. It's a bit one of those. You throw down a Charizard and then there's like a Charizard flying overhead going, oh, hey, look, there's another Charizard. Then he- and then and then DJ Khaled walks through and then sees a Bulbasaur playing a Bulbasaur card and goes, congratulations, you played yourself. No, he's like, then another one. And I, got two on, two on I feel like <laughs> I, I feel like it'd be a bit overbearing, but also it could be as a way to explain this is how people Pokemon battle when they're not good enough to be trainers. Oh, interesting. So you, instead of like, Ah, she was also shit at Pokemon training, let's be honest. Got, like, <laughs> can't, can't even catch a Pikachu. Like, what's he doing? Yeah. You've got Ash's younger brother, Candle or something. Um, wax. <laughs> not, not even Dash, just just, just Candle. 
Well, like ash is like like after a fire, candles lit on fire. <laughs> I don't know. I, He's anyway. he's trying to make something work here. Yeah, it's not nothing. Some flinging shit. I mean, I, I got to give it to him. He, he's he's committed. He's committed. Yeah, always committed to the bit. Um, but yeah, <laughs> then he goes around to him and he's like, "Oh, I wish I could be a Pokemon trainer." And it's like, "Yeah, here's a bunch of cards. <laughs> All the best. Go save the world." And then he goes and, and, and he tries every to gym, put one. Every gym leader also doubles and moonlights as a um a TCG <laughs> trainer as well. Yeah, as a as as a as a black like a, a black market card dealer. <laughs> Hey kid, want to buy want to buy a a, a Gen One Charizard? It's, it's only fifty seven thousand dollars. They Just get use your COVID payments for it. They get to Pewter City and Brock's like, "Oh shit, it's been like five years since anyone challenged me to a TCG battle. Guess I gotta dust off my box." And he can't do anything because his eyes can't open, so he can't read the cards. Wow, oh, I thought that was funny. <laughs> it's a serious condition. You know how hard it is for him to how hard it is for him to like Pokemon battle normally, Steve. What's wrong with you? Uh, well, those are his best lines. So, <laughs> dabs. You can't see me because this is an audio medium, but I just dabbed. Are the kids still doing that these days? I love how it got I even worse. I hope not. <laughs> it's amazing that it got even worse. Um, yeah. Do you I, reckon instead I, of going to the shadow realm, they'll go to like the. I don't think they'd have anything like that. No, nah, they wouldn't. No, okay. no, no. They, they just go to um. Uh, what's the tower? Uh, uh the battle frontier. No. <laughs> battle wow. tower. Okay. <laughs> How to send me to the shadow realm? Mention the battle frontier. Um. Uh, no, no. The um. What's it like? La- Lavender tower. Pokemon tower. Oh, uh, yeah. Pokemon tower. The the, the place where Pokemon mm. literally go to die. Yeah. No, they don't go to die there. They're dead and they get buried there. <laughs> but what? If, so what if they go there and die? They don't get. They don't. They 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 don't turn into a ghost there. They go somewhere else. Mm. Great question. If you're Ash Ketchum, write in with the answer to this question. Yeah. If you suck at Pokemon battling hard enough that something that you've tried to care about has died, where did it go? <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> oh, no, I'm hearing the Lavender Town music in my head and I'm going insane. <laughs> yeah. uh, if, if you happen to be a Cubone looking for your mom... Uh... <laughs> a Cubone is just a Charmander with a helmet. Damn. But unfortunately... That would mean that the Charmander has to be dead because a Charmander is only alive for as long as the tail on it, uh, the flame on its tail exists. It's a Kang, yeah, mm, mm, it's a Kangaskhan baby, then I guess. Kangaskhan baby. Maybe uh, if a Cuba, if a, if a Charmander just walked around with like a like a Zippo lighter, could it constantly keep its tail lit? Yes. Could it trick its Could it trick its body into thinking that the Zippo lighter is a tail? <laughs> the the thing that would instantly kill it just gets like tricked. <laughs> There's, like just a phantom a, flame. there's just a Litwick always following the Charmander. Mm. You reckon if it puts like a the Litwick on its head, it's got like a horn? Is that how it because, works? Because a Charmander is kind of based off of a Salamander, do you think if its tail came off, it would die? Or or would the, the, the base of its tail, where the, the end of the tail got cut off, just catch fire? No, or is it like if the base of the tail is still on fire, if it's cut off, is it still okay? Is it still okay? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, like Davy Jones' locker rules. Yeah. <laughs> mm. the, the heart's in a jar and it can be anywhere in the world as long as it's on fire, it's fine. <laughs> oh, well, if you're a Charmander, write yeah, in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we need answers. to say that. If you're a Charmander, write in and let us know. <laughs> Oh, we, need, we need answers to this. This is the people, what people want. It's true. How did this it's question true. segment become us asking the questions? F- philosophically <laughs> discussing the life and death of Charmanders. It's the um, question segment, not the answer segment. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. The audience questions segment. <laughs> yes, audience question. <laughs> and we're the audience to Charmander. Facts. 
Anyway, uh, to get back on topic though, uh, got a feeling Pokemon TCG anime. Uh, we've discussed what it what it would look like. Would it be better than the regular Pokemon anime, Seth? Probably not. Steve, uh, I recommend similar quality, unless they make it like a weird grittier undertone. Um, so this recent movie came out called Batman, and that's <laughs> yeah, really I was going to say. So if, if they made the villain an incel, <laughs> if, if they yes. went if they went full Yu Gi Oh tier of like going in on it and making everything so serious around the card game, then sure. But- yeah, literally the world doesn't survive unless there's a fucking children's card game being played. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, if they go more of like the way current card game anime are, then nah, not really. They could have Pokemon battles on bikes. That that is that is a very good point. That'd be that'd be fantastic, actually. Unless okay. uh, unless they try to do it indoors and Oak says they can't ride the bikes inside. <laughs> Where you well, get like a really if, slow if, Pokemon. It's like yeah, yeah. So what, 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 what if what if they're just up. on what what if they're on pelotons? Oh. Mm. Like the 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 exercise bike, the thing yeah, that no, stays in place. Yeah, yeah. Okay, oh. good. Like I, Seth, I still feel, Seth, I still Seth feel was like silent. I wasn't sure. <laughs> I still feel like Oak would take issue with that. <laughs> like There's a any, time any... Place for everything, but not now. <laughs> Get the fuck off the peloton. <laughs> well, it's called a Pokemon gym, I guess. Not a. Hey, th- there we go. Non-gym. There we go. Yeah, we've, we've done it. Are you a gym leader? Write in and let us know. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you ride bikes indoors? Does Oak chase you down? You know, with Pokemon Go being a thing that's actually possible. <laughs> yeah, that's true, actually, yeah. Maybe well, I mean, it's a weird with, Pokemon Go with integration. Legend, yeah. No, but with, with Legends Arceus, it's also a thing. You try and ride a bike inside and God himself rings you and says, hey, stop that. <laughs> no, I meant someone could send us a question as a Pokemon Go gym leader. <laughs> I see what you mean. Should they make Still Pokemon works. Go an anime? I- Pokemon Go to the anime. I, I think they're doing Pokemon Go TCG cards. Yes, they are. Yeah, actually. they are. Yeah. I don't know how it. that's going to go. Um, final final tangential question before we wrap this up. Uh, favorite uh, generation of the anime, like the standard anime? God, I wouldn't be able to tell because I stopped watching midway through the Johto region. Um, so so hmm. I'd, I'd probably just have to default to everything Kanto. Um, I've seen all of up to Gen 4, I think, and a bit of Gen 5. And I saw a bit of the new one, Journeys, whatever it's called. From what I've heard, apparently um, the the 6th Gen, the Kalos arc. Yeah, I, uh, X, X and, and Y, y I heard yeah, is very good. And I saw the Esper episode and I liked that one a lot. Yeah, apparently like the animation quality is really good. Um, Ash has like a fucking bullshit meta team and he still loses yeah um, yeah that's then, standard though that yeah, happens then, that happens when charizard is the poster boy of the series true no charizard i win what do you think pat what's the best gen so for the anime? weirdly weirdly in terms of so i have to say that the, this is biased because it's what i've seen recently uh and i don't remember where i saw it i think it was actually just on tv like on like saturday morning cartoon type stuff but the alola region as the anime actually holds up really well and the reason for that is because in previous animes the gym leaders are all in distinct cities so you know you go to the the city and then you meet the gym leader and there's like some arc of what the gym leader's up to and stuff but because in alola they're all just like trial people for most of the episodes that i was watching which i've got no idea where in the series i was watching the episodes but they're all just hanging out together and it, it led to some really ah. fun, like, really fun episodes because it's just like, here are these big personalities, right? Like they're, they're the people you, you know from the games, but they're not 
um, split across the episodes. They're actually just all working within the same the same episode. It was it was really inter- like really cool. I actually really like to watch it. Yeah, no, the Alola region's change in pace for the game really worked in the anime's favor, from what I hear. And yeah. they because it broke away from the whole gym system and becoming the champion league and everything it's it freed up what they could do like because by that point in the anime it kind of became a bit too monotonous like uh ash well, goes to the gyms he wins yeah. and he goes to the league mm. loses but um in this <laughs> in the this circle of life <laughs> yeah in this um it's it uh, it freed up more times like just do character work and make fun episodes and gimmicks rather than uh, focus on like a league journey. Mm. Uh, well, I think we've sufficiently talked about the um, Pokemon TCG anime uh, and what it may look like, and segued into a million other different directions. Um, if you're a Charmander, <laughs> please write um, in. No, just in yeah, general, yeah, please, just in please general, in. please fucking write in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we we would love to have you on. <laughs> um, more seriously though, uh, if you or someone you know has an audience question you'd like to ask us, you can write in. We have a mailbag at fasttravellounge at gmail We're also on Facebook at Fast Travel Lounge, on Twitter at Fast Travel Lounge minus one of the L's. Uh, and I think that's it for these social plugs. Yes, it is. Um, if you have enjoyed what you have heard, uh, feel free to like, subscribe, insert your social media platform word of choice there, uh, to show your support really means a lot, really helps, uh, really helps us out and boosts us in the all knowing, all powerful algorithm. But I think that takes us nicely towards the end of what has been episode 16. Uh, any Thing that we want to point out for you know, upcoming what we might be expecting next week i will be i i'm actually going to be trying to stream the stranger of paradise uh, uh game this weekend which will be too late for a heads up when this comes out but hey uh by the time this comes out i may or may not have streamed stranger of paradise and i will talk about that a lot next week and Shoot. if people wanted to watch you stream where would they find you uh, it will be <laughs> it will be at twitch.tv slash kai underscore burr steve anything upcoming from you that we can look forward to I don't know. I think I'll have a bit of time on the weekend to finish Dark Souls. I'm nearly there. So fucking close. Uh, and then I'm going to jump into straight into New Game Plus. Um, but I don't really think so. Uh, yeah, I'll probably keep plugging away at Grand Theft Auto. I've started The Last, the Last of Us Part 1. Fucking hell, I have PlayStation 4. Literally, um, it's making a lot of noise. Yeah, but it's... <laughs> it's still alive it hasn't caught fire yet it's, but now it's I'm, hanging yeah, in there yeah i'll probably play a bit more of that i can't play it in the daytime because i get too much glare on my screen i can't see anything um, there'll be a nighttime only game but then it's very scary in the nighttime so hmm. i don't know i'll have to work something out well we look forward to seeing whether or not you survive um i think tiny tina's wonderland um tiny tina's paradise whatever the the new gearbox one i've already forgotten its full name the one that sounds like tiny wonderland. tina's wonderland it, it is Wonderland, isn't it? It is yeah. Wonderland, yeah, because the um, Sultan Dragon's Keepers is the DLC for That's food. right, yeah. I always yeah, flip those two as well. Yeah. But I think that's coming out next week, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, You're a Mega, Mega Borderlands fan. Are you going to get it? I most likely will. Uh, I Yeah, I do actually intend on pre-ordering it. Um, we'll see which between that and Rise gets my attention more. But yeah, no guarantees that I'll play it before next week. But maybe... We'll have to wait and see. Do I play it? Do I not? Stick around and find out. <laughs> Man, now Pat's doing the uh, the 
part ones and part twos in every podcast. Hey, if it works, it works. Next um, time but, on Fast Travel. Then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Uh, but this has been the end of episode 16. Thank you very much for listening. I've been Patrick. I've been joined by Seth and Steve. And from all of us here at Foster Lounge, uh, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Happy St. Patrick's Day. <laughs>